As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills. The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. I normally find bras to be so uncomfortable and constricting, but Skims has changed that. You know I love Skims underwear, so I finally tried their bras, and Skims has delivered again. Skims bras are worth the hype for the amazing shape and support they give, but what I wasn't expecting was how comfortable they are too. I've tried so many bras in the past, and the main issue that I have is that they weren't supportive enough, to the point where they felt slouchy. I love my Skims wireless form bra because it's so comfortable and supportive. The older I get, the more I care about actually being comfortable in what I wear every day. And with my wireless form bra, I no longer have to sacrifice my comfort for the support I need. Shop Skims Bras at skims.com, now available in 62 sizes, 30A to 46H. Plus, get free shipping on all orders over $75. If you haven't yet, be sure to let them know we sent you. After you place your order, select Podcast in the survey, and select our show in the drop-down menu that follows. Welcome to episode 16 of Remap Radio. Rob, earlier this week, called me like a motherfucker from the animal kingdom, just feet <laughs> up. Hey, Patrick. Relax. How you doing? Waiting to get my room here at the animal kingdom. Uh, Rob is 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 out in Disney, uh, this time not on a for his podcast, but instead uh, with his partner, and uh, <laughs> we'll hopefully be back. Rob will be back with us next week. It remains to be seen during the daytime or during the evening time. Yeah. That is currently the open question based on some jury duty that may be facing uh, Mr. Rob Zachney. So we will, sports will get recorded, other things will happen with Rob, but it may be a little bouncy while he works his way. Well, Rob works his way through the legal system. Um, <laughs> uh, but this week, uh, I am joined by uh, Ricardo Contreras. Hello. And Renata Price. Howdy. Hi. Hello. How's, how's everyone else's weeks going? I came straight from a funeral to the podcast. I'm fine. I don't need... We're good. Just paying my <laughs> respects. I feel like it's like a weird thing where sometimes... Yeah. I need to disclose to people, like, I'm going to a funeral. And people's direct natural impulse, I'm sorry for your loss. And it's true. But yeah. it's like sometimes you go to a funeral because you're just paying respects. Um, but uh, so I, but it's always like a weird impulse to be like, it's not that I don't appreciate that you are sorry <laughs> for my loss and you are experiencing empathy. But, like, I'm not crying behind a desk as a result of the actions I needed to to take. But I went from that. And then it was like a luncheon. And I'm like... Is it a, is it a, can I, like, is it a, uh, a buffet, buffet option? Can I just eat and then go? (laughs) Then it was like a whole sit down thing. And like, I'm looking at my watch every time that anyway, I had a pretty good burger. It was fine. Um, how's, how's everyone else's week been? What's, what's going on? What's, uh, what's, what's happened in the life of Renata Price? What happened this week? I've mostly completed my move. Uh, That's right. You did. You have, you have moved. You are in a desk. You, um, you have so many uh, posters up behind you, like you're fully uh-huh. moved in. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. What is? Thanks, 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 Patrick. Uh, well, no, that leads. What is? Do you have a moving 
process? Like, is there, you are younger than us. And so you have moved less frequently than us. And I, do you have a, have you established a, this is what I like to do when I go to a place to feel like I am comfortable uh, yet? Well, okay. So it's worth knowing that uh, I technically still have another month on my on my old apartment. Mm-hmm. Uh, I had a month of overlap on the leases, and so technically, not all of my stuff is moved over. But like, mm. I do, I do live here currently. And like, uh, if I Patrick, can I level with you for a moment? Yeah, I've effectively lived here for a minute. Uh, uh-huh. I just have to keep commuting back and forth. And so, like, no, actual, like, like I got I got so many places to live. Like, where what am I oh doing God. today? Like, okay. <laughs> wow, um, <laughs> wow, <laughs> wow, wow, wow. Yeah, she's there really, today. Wow, it was really fun. And that's I, that's how my roommate reacted. Yeah, she's like, oh my God, she's here. Um, <laughs> wow. Dark side being the I lost all my severance to the uh, new security deposit and yep. uh, rent. Yep. But you know. That aside, it's been it's been really nice. We have like furniture finally. I have like furniture that I like for the first time in my life. I have like a, a apartment that I feel like is home for the first. I have like a home. I have like I have a house that feels like a home for the first time. It's great. That's nice. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's really lovely. Uh, and then other than that, I've just been finishing uh, the thing that I was like unsure if I would have an opportunity to plug, but I but I will plug it right now. Um, Ooh, plug, plug. Plug, 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 plug. Well, plug, the problem plug, is that it plug. probably won't be out tomorrow, but well, I, it'll probably be out Saturday. Uh, but I have spent the last like, month between and change. the next podcast. Uh, yeah, <laughs> God. Uh, thank you, Kato, for saving me from myself. Um, I've spent yeah, the Yeah, bleep last out Saturday, because who could say? Month and change working on a video essay, uh, tentatively titled on exactitude and Elden Ring, games, maps, and the guides economy. Uh, that is a 4,699 word essay, uh, kind of drawing a line. Uh, I know, right? Um, (laughs) pretty cool, right? Uh, drawing a line from like Elden Ring's map back through like the history of mapping in games, specifically the history of mapping in Souls games, uh, and then tying that into, uh, some like economic stuff. And then finally, uh, ending on a little bit about the Seafor River Valley, uh, the area of Elden Ring that I have not shut up about for the last year, um, and I am really excited about it. Uh, I'm terrified of it. Uh, this is the scariest thing I've ever worked on or done, uh, and it has consumed uh, pretty much all of my waking thoughts for the last month. And so I am glad to finally be free of it. That is how my <laughs> week is. I am free. <laughs> I well, I'm sure as you've learned in this process, uh, video editing is it goes fast. I mean, just like you're just breezing, breezing <laughs> through. I mean, compared to words, oh I mean, God, video. So come on, it's just you put you just take the MP4, you put it in the timeline, yap 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 yap, and then you're you're good to go, yeah, right? Uh, yeah, I'm. I'm gonna have a really <laughs> cool normal time filming it. I didn't just have to buy a teleprompter and tripod so I can actually film it properly. No. Definitely. Have you read Definitely. off a teleprompter before? No, I have not. Uh, See, I've I've only done I've done that a couple of times in my life. Once when I pri- primarily when I was at G4 because they were like actual TV and so like had real prompts to get to like advertising and stuff like that. Um, it's weird. I think so. How okay? Here's so when I was at G4. Like I was not moving my own teleprompter, right? right? Like there was someone else behind the scenes doing that. Um, and they would speed it up or slow it down once they figured out kind of what your cadence was right. like, so that like it would kind of like feel, feel natural. How does, 
how does that work now for your for yourself? So I've just sent you a picture of okay. my of my little teleprompter. Uh, this is basically like just like attached to the end of my uh, girlfriend's DSLR. Uh, and then my phone sits in a little tray underneath. And so my phone runs an app that can set the speed that the text moves at. Oh, um, interesting. Yeah. And so that is, that is <laughs> what I'm going to be doing. Uh, so you got to go, uh, when I've done some of this, like, voiceover work before for various things like so you got to have the experience of now the words that i wrote down sound like total shit when i say them out no because i have i have the best editor on the planet i want to shout okay. out my editor uh kt tessa uh i love tessa so much she's like my best friend on the planet uh, well, it's, it's less about ed as much as like i maybe you didn't experience this as much as i but i felt i what you write down and you think in your head will sound fine like when read but then said aloud feels weird or words stump like uh, uh, fall into each other in a way that you just cannot know until you've actually said them aloud yeah Uh, i will say that is the lucky thing about my editors that she's had experienced script writing before and knows how to write for the ear and write for mouth uh and so it has it is actually put that on my linkedin line can write write for mouth. mouth um there was a lot of editing to help it be written for mouth. And so actually now, like every time I've, I just got the teleprompter and everything set up. So I haven't recorded much yet, but it's been like pretty smooth so far in terms of like reading everything out. Uh, and, and so, yeah, I'm, I'm excited and hopefully it will come out at some point soon, but that has been like what I've been spending the last few months, like working on and like repeatedly being like, I've sent so many tech. I, I have never sent so many texts to my editor being like, I think this is it. No. I think, I think, I think we've got it. How long is the video? Uh, 4,699 words. I know, but t- like time. Oh, like, probably like 40 minutes. Yeah. So there's your problem. Um, because <laughs> what ends up happening, not that the, the length, I just mean the length of something like that means that you're watching it. Like it's 40 minutes of your, like, and then like, I caught this, I caught that, I caught this. And so 40 minutes, it's like transcribing an interview, like, a 30 minute interview is not a 30 minute transcription. It's yeah. a 90 minute transcription in order to. And so you can then just start, you know, you can start doing the math on like what that means for a video, especially a new one where you're you're even figuring out your own personal process on how to get from point. Because it's very different than just writing an essay. Um, yeah, they are fundamentally sadly. different ways of expressing yourself. Which is what I'm learning and has been like a, a, a very big, I mean, like I expected this, but it's just been, it has been a, a one hell of a learning process is what I'll say. Um, I, I have never wanted a draft to be done so badly in my mm-hmm. entire life. Mm-hmm. I've never wanted to be, and I've wanted to be free of some drafts. I wouldn't be free of a lot of drafts and it has never been quite this intense in terms of like, if I don't get rid of this draft in the next 15 minutes, I'm going to eat my own, I'm going to eat my own teeth. Um, well, we don't want that. As far as don't. I can tell, you, I think you need dear those. listener. She appears to have all yeah. of her teeth. And last, last, you know, I'm not keeping track, so uh, I got you know that would be weird in and of itself. Although my oldest kid does have like a big mouth chart above their bed. Oh so, hell yeah! For like mouth. every tooth that she loses, she gets to put you know a sticker up and gets gets money. And so, um, no, See? we do not have to get a mouth char- a teeth chart for 
for Ren. Um, where, where is that video going to live? Where can, where can people check that out? It'll probably be on my Twitter. I'll probably post it on my Twitter whenever it happens. I, it'll I'll probably be at some point before the next recording, ideally sooner rather than later, but it will be just be on my Twitter. I haven't chosen which of my various Google accounts uh, the YouTube ah, channel will be attached I see. to. I see. Um, I see. I'm, I'm, I'm still debating. Um, and then ideally also I will be... I, I hate the words that are about to come out of my mouth, especially yeah. at the current moment. I will probably oh. be. I will probably end up la- launching a preview. Oh, <laughs> yay! Yay! <laughs> yay. <laughs> well, that's cool. When that when that when that happens, um, uh, we will we'll make sure to to plug it here so um, people you. can can watch the video and uh, and hopefully uh, support your your future endeavors. Some endeavors that. Uh, May not be supported in the future. That's a segue. Wow. That's just, mm. Wow, beautiful. Beautiful. Uh, nice. Unity, the game Ooh. engine technology company. Wow. I have, look, I, on one hand, feel bad, tremendously bad for all the developers going through enormous anxiety, of which we'll unpack in a minute. On the other hand, I miss a good old fashioned shit show. <laughs> just like, just. It's been a minute since I had one of these. Like, let's climb up out here and like, yeehaw! Like, everything I say about this topic gets a lot of engagement. Like, <laughs> likes, 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 and. <laughs> Bad decisions across the board. Woo! Uh, <laughs> Rack them up, folks. And just in this fiercely divided culture we live in, Sometimes it feels good to just have an enemy. <laughs> yeah. um, and that enemy this week, uh, a main character for m- many days in a row, including as you record this, is Unity, um, the company you're probably most familiar with when you have booted up uh, probably an independent uh, game with the white logo, the little box. It is It has gone from a small tool to a vital tool for lots of different game developers, mostly along like the smaller to medium-sized games with uh, studios often graduating to either proprietary or things like Unreal Engine if they are making stuff on the AAA scale. Although Unity does um, uh, play in the larger space as well. But I will quote from uh, uh, Games Industry Biz on said shit show. Uh, Unity is adding a new charge for every time a game using the Unreal... The, uh, sorry, the well, more developers are probably going to be using the Unreal Engine. So excuse me. Um, <laughs> for every time a game using the uh, Unity Engine is installed, the company announced today. Starting January 1st, a Unity runtime fee will be charged to any game that has passed a revenue threshold in the past year and a lifetime install count. The amount of the fee and the thresholds in question vary depending on the type of Unity subscription the developer has. Side note, that is how Unity broadly makes a lot of their money is through running subscriptions for access to tools for uh, what are often called seats, which is like, how big is your team? How many people need to access these tools simultaneously? That is largely what Unity has made their money on um, uh, in years past. This is obviously moving to a different different model. For Unity Personal and Unity Plus users, the thresholds are $200,000 in revenue a year and 200,000 lifetime installs. For Unity Pro and Unity Enterprise accounts, the thresholds are $1 million in revenue a year and $1 million lifetime installs. Um, the long and short is that Unity in the, I believe the way I put it on, on Twitter this morning to someone who was confused about what was going on and why Unity was making these decisions was uh, for the last couple of years, they have been on a destructive path towards profitability, which is to say Unity has followed the path a lot of technology companies do, which is to 
subsidize, like to have extremely cheap prices to gain market share and a user base, which then you can you can throttle and control and exploit when Wall Street demands that you actually turn massive numbers of users into massive profits. And we have seen this play out in all sorts of different ways. And Unity has had a particularly difficult path towards profitability. And this appears to be a particularly boneheaded decision towards trying to achieve that. Um, Ren, uh, what are the problems with this? They they are they are litany, but like what what jumps to your mind as the first thing that you go? Oh shit! Like someone really didn't think this through, or did, and rolled it out anyway. There is no way to actually confirm the installation numbers. Basically, mm-hmm. Unity just has to. Unity has two options in terms of confirming installation numbers. Uh huh. Either Unity is always online, and every time you install a game, it calls back to. Uh, their servers, and that means that like they have they have included telemetry data in the engine that allows it like they have included information in the engine that allows it to call back uh, to Unity, which is a pretty massive breach of privacy uh, that would go over very that is already going over the idea of which is going over very poorly. Uh, it's just not practical to actually keep track of this because like devs don't barely know like how many literal installs they have. Unity has no way of confirming this without doing extremely invasive like data practices. They can't currently do it, right? Like I think the way Unity put it um, when they were pressed about it uh, a couple of days back was, quote, and this is just a A plus bullshit response where you say something without saying anything. We leverage our own proprietary data model. So you can appreciate that we won't go into a lot of detail, but we believe it gives an accurate determination of the number of times the runtime is distributed for a given project, which really sounds like we don't know, but we'll ha- like we'll figure it out, which is not <laughs> what you want to hear on such a massive alteration of how uh, a developer's relationship with Unity has functioned in the especially past. on a bill on a bit. Hey y'all, we got you. Got to trust us on this bill we're handing you. Yeah, because well, that's like, the thing. Go ahead. I was going to say, it's not like they're going to charge you 20 cents the second someone installs it, right? Like, those numbers are going to have to be, like, tabulated and, like, put together after, like, a period of time that, like, you don't know. Uh, And it's just a bunch of, like, logistical issues that make this, like, feel virtually, like, impossible to actually pull off. Um, Well, and there are just so many red flags right from the start um, where, you know, player, there are all sorts of bad faith, malicious actors on the Internet, like um, the, the, the ways they can act out against developers can range from something as straightforward as review bombing, right, mm-hmm. where the uh, your reviews and how those are tabulated, how those are portrayed on a place like Steam are vital towards how you are promoted within Steam's algorithm, their different promotional mechanics. And so one way that players will, you know, try and hurt developers that they disagree with for whatever reason, uh, whether earned or unearned, although frequently probably unearned, is to review bomb, right? And so Steam has had to take uh, steps towards to try and, and mitigate that. Whether that has been entirely successful, I can't, I can't necessarily speak to. But the first thing that came to my brain when I saw this was like, well, if somehow, like, let's say you're making a game and 
you're stuck. You cannot change engines. That is yeah. doing that midstream is an impractical ask of a lot of developers, which is why Unity would feel like they could make a like like a, a change like this because you're at like the idea of changing uh, engines midstream or even afterwards if your whole studio has like built on this this tool set and like that's how you build. The, I mean, it's just they know that they can turn the screw anyway, which is to, is to say that if your game is built on unity and you have malicious actors, why wouldn't they just download the game, delete it, reinstall it, knowing they can rack up charges against the developer in a way that is even more tangibly harmful than like a steam review. You know that that can filter steam like review bombing can in a very real way, but you have to, think through it like how is this affecting the developer's bottom line it can eventually through a bunch of other systems inter- interacting with one another here you have a very direct straightforward simple way of extracting uh action against somebody by deleting the game reinstalling and knowing that is showing up on a bill and unity's response to that very obvious use case of such a a, a policy was well, like customer service will take care of it. It's like Very we higher. have fraud. We have fraud protection um, as a part of other things in the business, and we'll work with developers directly. But that that seems to put the onus on the developer to prove that fraud exists and that they don't owe the bill that has come due, and that just seems entirely backwards and right. very uh, difficult to manage for studios who may have economic. Uh, precarity right well, we're not yeah. just loaded with money like they're they're working from from week to week to get their game out the the door and the 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 the, the original announcement was like so vague and weirdly like delivered that people were like even even with like just the thought of like what happens to like game pass games what happens to all the free installs of people just downloading things that you're not making revenue from and therefore you're suddenly losing more money because more people got like game demos, right? right? Like participating in Steam Next Fest, where like that, uh, like being a popular game at, at Next Fest can make or break uh, the popularity of your game when it comes out. It's like, oh, so this demo makes us no money, but now we're getting charged thousands for it. Yeah. Um, uh, hopefully, we make that money back when the game comes out, and then also have to pay Unity for the installs of of that, that final game. Yeah. Patrick. And I'm sure that their proprietary data model oh. will will 100% exclude charity bundles, a thing that they definitely knew existed <laughs> before making this announcement. But I, how does that? E- I mean, God. like that's just. I mean, it's like because of the they, lack of clarity. Yeah. Like, how do you know that? Like, no. how do you, you don't, know? You don't. There's no way of knowing. Like, unless, unless you're then asking developers to produce like. Unity then produces a version of Unity that has something that calls home to Unity's servers. And then if you put a game in a bundle, you then have to create a separate SKU that is the humble bundle version of the game so that Unity can then flag that as being charity. But then the other thing is like, what happens with piracy? If someone steals your game, how do you know? If it's just an executable... You wouldn't download an executable. I would. <laughs> I would. I, would. <laughs> uh, I do it all the time. Um, how do you, how, like, 
how do you know that like that's like a real authenticated copy of the game yeah you you don't and like that's that's the i don't know I just, and, then, and then well and then like you know this obviously this caused a backtrack right like they said they clarified a series of backtracks these, backtrack one of six one of um, 20 million did they they like yeah oh oh we never meant that it was gonna charge for uh uh what reinstalls or something like we're not gonna try to saying to axios explicitly, <laughs> to after <laughs> giving a statement to axios oh. saying to if you install the game and reinstall it on the device fee on new dreadful. installs only uh fraudulent install charges we're not gonna charge a fee for fraudulent installs <laughs> Here's the th- here's the thing. Here's my guess. Here's my guess at what the actual model is. Is that it's based wholly on stored front metrics and whatever they can get access to that way. Which means if any developer sells their thing through not one of the big like not itch, not Steam, not GOG, like they sell it directly on like a Patreon or some bullshit, maybe they don't know, right? Like, are they just extrapolating from the public numbers and are like, you're probably around this much. Well, and that's that's <laughs> why I think like. Broadly, like, what is this target? Like, yeah, obviously, like- we've seen. I think it's targeting mobile games. I right. think, yeah. right. far and away, what they're looking at here is um, free to play mobile games that whose economic model is built on netting thousands, millions of people right. that may or may not pay for something, and that if they don't pay for something, uh, this is a this is an opportunity for Unity to claw some money out of that model right it has all sorts of ramifications for all i did see i'm pulling this a little out of not necessarily out of context but i don't know the full context where but like i believe they they mentioned early on or at one point this like gambling games are exempted uh from from this which is just <laughs> tremendous now granted, part of that is probably oh. because um not every game that runs on unity plays by the same rules, right? Like there are like, there's, there are subscription models that people are, are paying for. And then there are like proprietary, like exclusive contracts that like Mm -hmm. different folks are entering into because of like the class of company or project. And so, um, you know, it's, it's the fact that they had to then clarify, Hey, game pass, like, isn't going to count against you. Well, does it not count against you or does it not, does it count against Microsoft now? Does it count against, Apple um, and like right. the moment that you're suddenly just showing up for a bill for all of them in a a, a a business model that is again built on just shotgun blasting a, a game in front of tens of millions of people hoping they'll download it it's it seems um, I see how you arrive here but I also I'm also not shocked at all at the huge the huge pushback yeah um, yeah especially because like you know uh I don't know if y'all saw the thing about the TOS, like alongside this, they used to have their unity used to have its, its terms of service, uh, on GitHub. And they like amidst all of this pulled it. Right. And a lot of people are like looking at that move as like, is part of it that they're going to change something about how they license this. Oh, let me see if I can find it. But basically like, there's a lot of chaos being caused right now. And it just feels like the sh- the the shittiest kind of the people who are in charge like have found that the this is the ripcord they're pulling to like be like either we make a ton of money by forcing people to do this who, who are locked in because they've spent so much time learning Unity that they are it's too late right uh, 
or like you know they pull the ripcord and like jump ship right like either way they're gonna get out of it okay right it's, it's the whole inefficient thing it's a, a product that was made free and like available and semi-sustainable now as a public company as a public entity has to like chase the infinite profits to like give money to shareholders and that just makes the product eventually take a nosedive because they have to find horrible ways to monetize it um well that's the other thing kato is that like the the the, Dis- the disney brain problem that i think a lot of people have been talking about recently with around unity um to, to paraphrase other people in terms of like disney needs every single branch of its company to be profitable that's like that's like the whole the whole thing is that right. every everything has to be on its own every unit on its own has to be profitable and like right. one one of the things that's like really frustrating about all of this <laughs> is that like for a very long time it it was a pretty okay for one part of your business to be a loss leader and then for you know that to set up a ton of revenue in your other departments and from what I understand of Unity, that is the case. Um, right. The engine specifically, the engine specifically was not capital P profitable, but every other part of the company is. Yeah, uh, or a lot like- of other, enough other parts of the company are profitable that like this is specifically to make one particular number go up to be on pace with the other numbers that always go up, as opposed to understanding that, like, this is the number that makes the other numbers go up. Yeah. It's very silly. Well, yeah, and, like, you know, I, I reported on a couple years back when uh, we were still at Waypoint, you know, about the military contracts that yep. Unity has. Like, Unity, t- t- to a lot of people's minds, understandably, is that logo I see when I load up an independent video game. Mm-hmm. Um, and then blame that engine and developer because the frame rate is bad. I feel like that was like, that was the arc of how people talked about unity for a long time was, was, Oh, the before, Oh, unity. Oh, great. That means they can afford to make their game, yeah. but also it's going to run like shit on my, on my machine. It's, it's that, it's not that simple uh, any, <laughs> anymore. And that was not necessarily true to true to begin with, but I feel like that was how people talked about unity um, some years back. But, you know, as I reported on, like they, their business model is to turn Unity into a middleware tool for all sorts of different outcomes, whether that is modeling like weapons usage, whether that is training soldiers. And so I don't, you know, if I had a little more time this morning, I wish I could have had this number in front of me. I don't know what percentage Unity, the game development tool, represents of the totality of like the money that unity brings right. in because why I think that's important and perhaps telling is while the backlash that's occurring is on that smaller developer mm-hmm. with economic uh, precarity because unity was a lifeline essentially to all sorts of smaller developers. Like this is the fastest, most cost efficient, best way to make your game. And then lots of folks got relying on it. Well, if Unity no longer really needs them, lots of developers may need Unity, but if Unity doesn't need them because they're shifting to becoming an enterprise tool, well, enterprise level projects aren't sweating install figures, right? Like that's just part of the budget. And this is just a different way to make money off that. Yeah. But smaller game developers, they're sweating 
that part of the budget. But if Unity no longer, even if Unity was built on the backs of those kinds of games, uh, and these motherfuckers threatening Silk Song, Silk Song, <laughs> fucking slay the the slay the Spire devs made well, up a bunch of developers their first put out public un- like announcement. Like they they did a tweet there at the bottom of the like. Thing. It was like this is the first public announcement we've ever put up. That's how bad y'all fucked up. Like, say this part has been on for a while, and they've never yeah, had the to develop- like <laughs> address something. The develop- <laughs> yeah, the developers of Call to the Lamb uh, tweeted, "Oh my uh, god, yeah. Call to the Lamb now because uh, we're deleting it on January 1st. Um, Devolver Digital. I don't have the tweet in front of me, but basically said slightly tongue in cheek, but probably with some level of seriousness that what engine you use when you pitch us on your game is going to now be a conversation in the way that it wasn't before. Right. Um, uh, Agro crab, um, the studio that's working on the, the crab, the crab centric souls, like, uh, another crabs, uh, treasure, uh, wrote it's, it's probably worth just reading this in, in totality actually. So, uh, today unity, the engine we use to make our games, I'll paste it here among us, uh, announced that they'll soon be taking a fee from developers for every copy of the game installed over a certain threshold, regardless of how that copy was obtained. Guess who has a somewhat uh, highly anticipated game coming to Xbox Game Pass in 2024? That's right. It's us and a lot of other developers. That, mean another, that means another Crab's Treasure will be free to install for the 25 million Game Pass subscribers. If a fraction of those users download our game, Unity could take a fee that puts an enormous dent in our income and threatens the sustainability of our business. And that's before we even think about sales on other platforms or pirated installs of our games or even multiple installs by the same user. This decision puts us and countless other studios in a position where we might not be able to justify using Unity for our future titles. If these changes aren't well back, we'll be heavily considering abandoning our wealth of Unity experience we've accumulated over the years and starting from scratch in a new engine, which is something we'd really rather not do. On behalf of the dev community, we're calling Unity to reverse the latest in a string of short-sighted decisions that seem to prioritize shareholders over their product's actual users. I fucking hate it here. Agro crab. Now, obviously, Unity has since addressed, quote, quote addressed some of these concerns, but <laughs> you have... That you have, you know, Inner Sloth, the developers of Among Us, um, you know, also saying, you know, like basically like a number, a series of high profile, series after series of high profile developer come out and declare that they are, they think this is a bad decision. They are willing to take extreme measures to dissuade this, the company from going through with this. It is not something that's happening today. It's supposed to happen early next year. And, you know, the company has, I mean, do you call clarifications a backtrack? Like, yes, because I, I like it's, yeah. it seems impossible to me that internally these very obvious criticisms weren't raised ahead of time. Yeah. And it was more just we'll just the, my worry is they put out the most extreme version of this knowing full well, like none of this is a surprise, knowing full well that the backlash was going to happen. But what you do when you're negotiating what do you want to change? If you start at your most extreme position, you can retreat to something that seems more reasonable, but is still extreme to begin with. And so absent Unity announcing the complete abandonment of these changes, which they have not said as of this recording, which is on Thursday afternoon, I was checking like up to the minute before we recorded, like, hey, is, is there something fundamentally shifting here? Um and although we get lots of clarity, like clarity on caveats and things that seem to slice off less people, this would impact uh, broadly. Still, um, they they say they want to move to this model on charging on a per install basis with all the 
kind of uh, caveats that go with that. And uh, at least so far, we don't have any indication that they are going to abandon it entirely. And the consequences of what happens if they don't, I think are like fundamental shifts for how video games are made. It is, it is impossible to overstate despite how shitty a company unity is. Yeah. How important unity is to game developers. It is impossible to overstate (laughs) how foundational unity is to the workflows of so many game creators. I mean, like just speaking personally, the, the team that I work with is like having these conversations. Right. Um, like currently because the, the game I am, I'm working on is made in unity. Um, it's those conversations are being had places. And like the, the thing is that like, I don't think there's a way to walk this back enough. Like the, the problem is that I, they'd have to undo it. Yeah. But, you but they've also broken trust, like a it. fundamental yeah. trust, yeah. right? Like, I mean, yes, in the short term on uh, reversing the changes or abandoning them would, you know, if you're a developer, yes, like, like, uh, uh, like working on silks. And, and if you're working on a unity game, having them say, Hey, we're not doing this, or we're going to pause this for a year and we'll revisit it at least gives you runway to like, Hey, let's get the thing we have out the door or discuss alternative solutions. Um, But it does contribute to a multi-year effort, which is why I described Unity as being on a a destructive path to profitability because on your path to being profitable for your shareholders, what do you lose in the process? It seems increasingly clear that Unity is okay with, because I don't know how their actions could be interpreted otherwise, they are okay with losing most game developers on the path towards being a profitable well, company. I, I found which this. Is a, it's a, yeah. I find this article from gamedeveloper.com about their growth that came out. This was August 4th. Uh, they have like the two divisions split up in their, in their like reporting and it's gross solutions, which is the analytics part of it. The like contracting stuff. And then the dev focus of create solutions, create, Brought in 193 million. Grow brought in 340 million in quarter two of this year. Uh, 193 million is how much Unity as a whole lost as like. So like if 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 all those losses technically came through Create Solutions, they're breaking even. But that's not even that. Obviously, losses come from across the whole thing. So in theory, that division is already profitable. It's just that. 2022 they had record profits and so now they have to beat that again right like uh like the number has to keep going up because of this the the model of public trading and shareholders like they can't ever be happy with it's breaking even in theory well, there's also <laughs> there's also like the if you want to if you want to have an interesting experience, go take a look at uh uh sales uh, of Unity stock recently. Uh and uh <laughs> who has been who has been selling stock and at what rate? Yeah. Um that's been wild. Um because Which like I, I will say uh, Riccatello has been so, like yes, like Riccatello, John Riccatello, the CEO yes. of of Unity, former exec at places like Electronic Arts, um sold 
a significant, like a, 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 a sizable share of stock ahead of yeah. this announcement. But to be fair, has been doing that for like several years to the tune of making hundreds of millions of dollars. Right. And also the things that are like, there are several, there are several, there have been several recent sales. That is, that is all. And like, there's some sign that like, this is known to be a bad decision internally. Um, and like part of the, the thing that I find like interesting about this situation is that it is, Unity is trying to do the inshitification thing. They're trying to do the inshitification thing very hard. The problem is that, like, in order to properly pull off the economic, the economics of inshitification, you have to, like, really be the, on- the only option, not just essential for your users, but the only option, uh, or at least one of the only options. And, like... Unity is essential. Unity is significant for a lot of people, but it is not the only option that exists. Godot is um, right. Godot is right there. Right, and so, so like, many people have brought is, up Godot in this last week. I'm like, oh, well, I, oh. I enjoyed watching uh, uh, Wire sixty four on on Twitter. You know, one of our favorites uh, had uh, you know basically just functions as a sales sales bot uh with a human face buried somewhere under there had a, a hashtag ad like an actual ad people buy like spots on on his on his twitter profile because so many people follow um them for for sales and uh one that was there uh, earlier today at 1 p.m was the humble software bundle the complete godot software <laughs> bundle, which is just that's the good uh, stuff i beautiful. that's 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 nice <laughs> that's nice time but like i mean ryan you're right like i think regardless of what happens next in with regards to unity whether it's a full retreat um or even more con- concessions uh towards the status quo uh that there's a fundamental trust lost and that that is going to drive people to other software solutions for their development environments but i still sort of like what all this communicates to me is so like when you get these twitter resp- like these responses like oh we're li- we're listening we're regrouping i am sure there are lots of people at unity that knew this was a bad idea, that knew it was going to cause a backlash, knew, like had pointed that out, yeah, and it went forward anyway because to me this reads as I just don't know that they they would rather lose those people in pursuit of enforcing the business model. Like what they don't like right now is the bad press. They don't like they don't like all the headlines saying developers hate Unity. I don't know that they actually care all that much that developers might leave Unity in mass because. Those Unity means more to those developers than those developers mean to Unity in its current form. That's not what Unity started as, but I, I think the Unity that exists today mm-hmm. is fundamentally okay with like if they could just like wave a wand and be like, we would like a more exploitative model that works for corporate America, ka-chow, and then lose every single one of those independent developers. Yeah. I don't know how you look you you look at this stuff that they've announced and and not read it as exactly the slow but increasingly fast process of saying we are just a different company now. We don't give a shit if your like successful indie game is made on Unity, like because we're after bigger fish. Yeah, then oh please, Kata. I was just gonna say I I think people keep bringing up like I I believe it's uh, Genshin was made on Unity, right? Like yeah, those sort of like it's a big open world game. Yeah, like those games do exist. They're just less less. 
uh, but it's common. also a gotcha game. It's also a game that people yeah. pour money into, and they just see the money that Genshin is making and are like, "Why can't we get some of that money?" Awuga, Rule Five, and it's a mobile game, right? Yes. Like I know it's available, Genshin's available on consoles, yes. but that's not where people play it. They no. play it on on their phones and tablets. Yeah. Um. So yeah, that's that's where everything stands uh, at the moment. Very. Uh, Ren, did you have another point? Uh, yeah, I just have one last thing. Sure. One thing you you mentioned earlier is the way that like Unity was talked about previously by devs and like and and by people broadly. Uh, if I can if I can give a little bit of a cautionary note here, uh, following this whole situation, if you ever find yourself believing for a moment that a new engine or like a new software, or new technology, is going to democratize really any field. But like game development in particular, if you think that a new tool is going to legitimately democratize the field in the long term, and that tool is not like fully, fully open source, you should think really long and hard as to whether or not that is the case. Because like, like Unity proves, a, a lot of these places will snap, like the teeth will snap shut instantaneously. And so like, uh, if, if if there is a note here, it is that like regardless of how good you think an engine or tool is for a certain group of people, know that it is only ever an engine and a tool and one that will like just as quickly like turn its teeth on the people holding it. Um, do not trust these people ever. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Um, and I, my guess is there's... Just like on the team that you're associated with, uh, Ren, I, my guess is that is driving a lot of conversations with developers at the moment over, hey, even if this all goes away in a week, like how, how, how does this impact how we think about this project, the next project, diversifying mm -hmm. how we approach game development? Um, if you're a developer and listen to this, like please write in to uh, uh, to our mailbag, to uh, uh, questions at remapradio.com. I'll be curious to hear either on the record or anonymously, however you want to uh, uh, write in, but we'd love to hear what some of those conversations have been like at, at your studios as you work through what this means, regardless of what one of you ends up uh, doing. So my guess is there'll be more on this uh, between uh, this week and next week. So we'll revisit this uh, next week for sure, especially if folks uh, write in on, well, I hope it's a happier note. Um, Akato, uh, <laughs> the, a Nintendo Direct happened uh, this morning. Were you stream? Did, did you manage to overlap your stream with uh, announcements? Yeah, yeah. We, I, I streamed the, I streamed the direct this morning. It was very fun. Uh, there's a Nintendo, a Nintendo Direct. Uh, a now Nintendo would never put it this way, but sometimes just a vibe is given off. Yeah, and strong end of life oh. vibes uh, from <laughs> hmm. This which is it not really, to comment. Yeah. There are many games that I'm very excited about that were either revealed or shown at this direct, and yet, and yet, like I, I know there's been very credible reporting that like a Switch successor was shown at uh, a Gamescom recent developers. Oh man, the idea of like Breath of the Wild at 4K 60 FPS on a fucking handheld. Let's fucking go! Like, <laughs> like, come on! Like, whatever you want to charge my ass. Like, I'm out the door Let's for fucking, for that. Yeah, talk about it, please. <laughs> uh, Let us know. I, well, I, but I, but I, 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 I like directs like this, which yeah. is like there's good stuff, things to be excited about. But like, we have 
we're removed from the heavy hitters. Yeah. We're removed from like the big, big needle movers. I think Tears of the Kingdom was the beginning of that. And then, you know, like, hey, who's excited for a remake? And like, look, yeah. some of these, it's me. <laughs> I am, I'm excited for this remake, re-release. What, um, was there anything that stood out to you? I'm curious, like what, what got the most pop this morning when, when you were watching either personally or based on, on the audience and social media? Um, I mean, a lot of people are still excited for Super Mario RPG, but that was already announced before, so it was really just kind of a, another check-in. Um, we saw saw combat for the first time, I yeah. think, in in the new trailer. Yeah. Um, I think that I think that artwork holds up pretty, yeah, like, pretty well. I think yeah. it's a, I think it's a pretty faithful interpretation of that like iconic early like CG sprite uh, art that, yeah. that defined that game. And like, um, I think there were a lot of people, at least in our chat, who were uh very very happy for the like one more thing because they really enjoy um uh what uh which one is it thousand year door uh paper mario, paper mario yes and thousand, the, year door. And thousand year door which, which is which is considered to be one of the best yeah like paper mario nintendo games, games. Nintendo not just paper mario but like nintendo like yeah. people speak of that game in in hush tones i've i played the most re- like the most recent paper mario the one that was on switch yeah. and at the end of my um, paternity leave with my with my youngest. I was like, oh, like I I spent time like setting up like my Steam link with uh Dolphin and like loading up Pikmin and Thousand Year Door. I was like, maybe I'll play this game for the first time. And I got as far as setting it up and like got it running, <laughs> and then never never, never touched it past the first it. twenty minutes. But it it is a it is a game that has been on my my shameless. Like it is exactly the yeah. type of game yeah. I should love, and the the reverence. The way people speak about this game, it's it's cool sometimes when you see a game that, like, huh, whenever I get around to playing that, that's going to be one of my favorite games I've ever played. It's just <laughs> sitting there. It's just, it's just, it's just right there. there yeah. Waiting for you. But it sounds like you haven't played it either or, no, or have no experience no. with the Paper Mario games not in general. Really. No, not, 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 not at all, basically. Um, but again, a series that I feel like I would have gotten into if I, if I had the right, like I they didn't line up when, when I owned those systems that they came out on and all that, like it's just never the right time. Um, yeah. but I am, you know, I am a fan of RPGs in general and, uh, mm-hmm. I play, I really enjoyed the, the demo for, what was the, it was a Mario and Luigi one, but there's similar kinds of games where like you have to the like superstar saga games, yeah, like yeah. the, the, the ones like, that came out on GBA and DS. Yeah. Yeah, I remember really enjoying the demo for one of those Mario and Luigi games. I mean, like, wow, these games are cool. Those are great games. Yeah. <laughs> and, like, those all Different developers. Are, different developers. I think. I don't the, think the Mario team is the... Yeah, they're in a similar, as, like, lineage through, like, it's a mechanics yeah, for of, sure. like... You got to hit the button. The timing on like attacks yep. is about like tapping the button at Which the right time. Which starts in Super Mario that. RPG. Right, exactly. Like that, that like... Now, I'm, I'm not saying that... I, I'm sure there were... Maybe there were other games that did that, but for me personally, Mario RPG was my first interaction with the press a button time to an attack. I in an RPG that like kind of in an RPG, yeah, that changes yeah. that turn based thing to have a little bit of an extra like, ooh, ooh, Oof. I gotta ooh. whack it, <laughs> crit, <laughs> gotta really hit it. Um, uh, speaking speaking of uh, Super Mario RPG, the um, oh god, what's their name? I always forget their name. I think it's just Onion. Onion Studios, which mm-hmm. is that the the people who made <laughs> no, um the people who made Super Mario RPG the first one and uh oh well it was made in collaboration with Square I don't yeah. um 
uh, and they also made uh, that RPG Moon, which I really want to play someday. Oh yeah, that game that game came out on uh, Switch. Yeah, a, it's a couple, it, that's another one that's that's back. sitting there. <laughs> like I'm like, it's sitting there. it's a very good game. I really loved like the two hours I played, and then was bummed I didn't I didn't play more. Yeah, um, that developer uh, has a new game that didn't get shown. Oh really? That didn't get shown on the U.S. direct, but got shown what? on the Japanese direct. A new game Excuse? in that exact style. Yeah. What? Yeah, in the in the style of Moon, in Hold their old the art style, in their old like sprite art style. Onion Games announces Fairy Tale RPG Stray Children for the Switch due out this winter in Japan. Stray Children is a bittersweet fairy tale RPG. Yeah. Created by many of the same people behind some of your favorite cult classics like Chulip, 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 Little King Story, Rule of Rose, Super Mario RPG. Oh, okay. And of course, Moon, the game we released in English in yeah. 2021. I have a great interview with the designer of that on Waypoint from a few years back. Definitely look that up. Yeah. Um, one day, a young boy is sucked into a TV set and awakens to find himself in a land made up entirely of children. So begins the boy's adventures in this strange and dangerous wonderland. Oh, hell yes. Yes. God, I was like, trying to figure out like what you were struggling to say here. and I was trying to make a is... transition from, hey, the same developers. No, they made a new, they're making a good. new fucking game. Um, and this just looks like a game that dropped out of yeah. the 16-bit era. Yeah, like, they have that fantastic. same art style that they use in Moon, basically. Like, it looks really cool. Um, unfortunately, we don't have a worldwide release date for the game. So while you're waiting to wish list, we would love for you to sign up for our newsletter. Is all that it says when you go to st- that means it'll come, <laughs> it'll come eventually. Like, but I'm yeah. I want it to be sooner. Damn it! This, this just this just means that now I can I can start playing Moon and get that out of the way. No, first. you won't. No, don't, Kato. <laughs> I'm Don't. gonna try, damn no. it! <laughs> no, you're not. No, you're not. News no, let you're them not. into your heart. <laughs> just, just like you can play it right after you finish Ghost Trick. Oh, oh, god damn it! News yeah. let them into your heart. Oh, oh, that is exciting. So that, I had that, no that idea I think that was announced. Sideways, one of the more exciting things that happened today on a direct. I'm with you, but not in the directs that we that we got, unfortunately. One cool thing was. Um, uh, they're doing another 99 uh, game. You know, like how they did Tetris 99 and Super Mario 99. Cruel. Cruel to do this to F-Zero, F-Zero fans. Zero nine, I, mean, I think it looks funny. Uh, uh, so <laughs> do I. I think it looks great. But I just mean... Yeah, there were rumors. <laughs> if you Well, if you want to like get big-brained, you're thinking, right. like, well, where would I rather have a new F-Zero game? Would I rather have it on this Switch that is based on uh, a mobile chipset from almost a decade ago? Oh. Or... That Super Switch. That like, new Super Switch that. that's, that's happening. <laughs> you know what would look sick as hell? Um, like, new hardware? Yeah. Uh, F-Zero game. An F-Zero um, game running at 60. <laughs> but F-Zero 99, I uh, mean, I, I have really enjoyed the gimmicks of these. Same. The, this 99 series. Yes, um, it's very fun. I, I quite enjoyed the the Mario one, yeah. uh, you know, that came out um, uh, some time ago. Um and played a little bit of the Tetris one, but I'm, I'm watching this footage of F-099, and this is... It looks ridiculous. This is great. Yeah, it looks this great. This is great. This looks so um, much fun. I know it's not a new F-Zero, but it's hopefully a stop, uh, like a, way, yeah. a waypoint, if you will, um, uh, on, on your way to a then, real F-Zero game. Um, I'm, I'm personally also pretty excited for... Uh, the new Unicorn war- Overlord. Okay, you, Unicorn look, I was that was going to be my second thing. <laughs> What I, a good name. I yeah. I can't Unicorn I, Overlord. Uh I listen. I didn't play sorry, 13 Kata. Sentinels. 
but I wanted Great to. Great game. And Great game. This, this though, like I had trouble parsing exactly what even the mechanics were, which is what got me interested in like the most backwards way of just like, there's some strategy happening here. There seems to be grids within grids. What's going like there's tactics, but also like overworld map, like strategy movement. Like what is going on? Well, I, I, I totally, I, when I played 13 Sentinels, which is a, uh, a, a visual novel yeah. slash uh, strategy game, um, about well it's about a lot of things but it's uh it's 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 really good it's kind of hard to explain actually i wrote about it at some one waypoint that was just like how do i tell you guys one of the guests best games of the year is a game that i can't explain to you yeah um yeah and uh and so the the fact that they are like but i was oh anyways i basically skipped the strategy stuff right i was uninterested in the strategy things i just put it i rat you could change the difficulty on that to like whatever casual (laughs) was it was like like I'm here for the 25 hour visual novel and I basically just made it so that the combat stuff was press a to defeat enemy. Right. And this one seems like it's going to uh, have a much bigger emphasis on the combat elements, but the folks I know that played the strategy elements of, of 13 Sentinels said it was not just competent, but like fun like and good. Fun and and good, so the yeah. idea that they are working on something that has a higher emphasis on that strikes me as something that, yeah, could be really exciting because they're great storytellers. Right. And they did a pretty interesting strategy game. If they ramp up the the the, the strategy uh, element of the gameplay and make that more integral, that could be something yeah. potentially very cool. Yeah, it seems really neat. There, there seems to be like, yeah, a, a sort of mixing of uh, high-level strategy and like, you know, mac- mac- macro and, and micro sort of like modes of engaging with combat. That's, I was like... I wonder how that actually works. I like wanna, I want to engage with this this system. It looks neat. Um, and then also like yeah, and then it, it's made by Vanillaware, which you know like made a really really interesting story with their last like big big game that everyone enjoyed. So I was like great, yes on both of these fronts. Um, they're making a new WarioWare. I think that was announced already, was wasn't it? it? Um, yeah, I think so. I don't think uh, they sh- are- they showed they they either didn't. Oh, wait, show- didn't they already release? Didn't they already release a new Warrior Warrior no. game? Didn't that just happen? Wasn't there? No, what did I play? What is that game? There's something else, but this one this one's Joy-Con based. I think they did mm. they did a re-release of some of the old games as a collection. Maybe that's what we we're thinking of. I, I don't know. Because Move It, I'm, I'm, this was the first time I saw someone do some of these fucking poses, and they're <laughs> ridiculous. <laughs> like, they had, like, a, no. there's a okay. moment where they show the, the like, amount of uh, different poses, you, the forms you can expect, and there's some poses on here that are just very, uh, <laughs> here. No, Look it's at, a WarioWare Wario, Wario Get It Together. Um, right. This is, this is came out. Okay. Um, this is different. This is WarioWare. Move it. Uh, move it, which seems more physical based. It, um, it. Oh wow, those forms, <laughs> Kato are. There's some. There's some. There's what's some positions. That, what's that? Uh, the, the top left one. The I don't one know in the top left. What um, is happening there? That uh, uh, Ren appears to be Ren has gotten <laughs> Ren, up oh, and Ren's, is doing Ren's assumed a form. Ren has assumed, assumed one the of form. the forms. Um, it looks. But, um, uh, it's uh, kind of that upper left. Uh, do you remember? I, uh, why am I? Why is the name escaping me? It's the horror movie. Uh, Human they, centipede. They, they sti- yep, yep. stitch your mouth to a uh-huh. butthole. Yeah. Um, uh, that. <laughs> 
really is giving <laughs> yep. off some human centipede uh, uh, vibes. But or yeah, a cool it's party. it's or a very <laughs> mm. uh it it looks you know horror games are always I, I don't know why how these like ridiculous mini games are always so fucking hilarious and like they always hit for me for some reason um but I hope w- it's good I didn't watching, like the most recent WarioWare get it together yeah. it did like, well, I mean, well, that was like completely a, flat a big for me. collection right wasn't it or was that no, new no it was a, it was a brand new game oh, okay um damn and it was fine um but it was it did not capture the same there, feeling i got from the uh the, the gba ds era right. of those games there's something about this one just where the physical comedy of it all seems amazing i i'm I excited so. for <laughs> just like yeah get into this form do this <laughs> Uh, it's, yeah, it, it seems, seems like, like a gonna very good. It's going to be a good party we game. Can, it's going to be a good streaming game. Yeah, yes. <laughs> I was say if we can get remap in a room again. Yeah, remap. Then why we move it would probably uh, remap in a room that would fit the bill. Remap in a room. Um. All right. Was there anything else? That, I feel like well, uh, I, I thought the princess. I thought the Princess Peach game looked. I was going to uh, say interesting. Princess Peach game. Princess Peach is Kirby now. Gets powers Princess from Peach yeah is from Kirby now yeah <laughs> yeah I mean yeah Princess Peach Showtime she she has like different it seems cute it outfits seems to give her different powers yeah look as long as they're like low bar for Nintendo's new Princess Peach game right like, don't make it a game based on her emotions and whether she's crying <laughs> which is funny I've heard that game is actually like right the pretty good build. it's just it's just like it's what? just like the game is based on her being like a sobbing mess Was which that is for the uh, not Wii? great. No, that was a GBA game. GBA uh, from what? From from way back when. Yeah, they they haven't given her her own her own thing in a long time. Yeah, uh, I know it's God, kind of a so long. I know <laughs> it's kind of a stagecraft thing. I know that's yeah. like kind of the framing device. Yeah. But like, is Princess Peach like Kirby and that she eats girl dinner and then becomes and then becomes her special form? Special yeah, form. yeah, based on her girl dinner. <laughs> yeah, just well, like it's... Kirby, just like Kirby Golden. It's. I wish. She, I wish she was eating more. Honestly, that's a weird phrase to say. <laughs> it's. It's. It's costume based essentially. It is more theater to craft. I just. The I wish. Idea I wish of... Princess Peach was eating more. Says Princess it. Peach's mom. Yeah, heard it the second. Uh, also, you're a little bit. Says, you're looking a little says bit. Says normal thin. person. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> Look. It. Yeah. The, it's. It's the like gaining of powers from enemies, which are like the costumes bits and, yeah. and all that it was like the the joke basically but like it i don't know it's it's hard to tell they didn't, they didn't show a ton of it but it seemed cute seemed seemed yeah neat. Uh, the the bits i saw was hard to tell how the gameplay connects to one another like are these more like mini game centric am i doing levels like yeah but i'm glad they're giving her uh you know her, her own game I, I hope that game turns out well i i know that like when that trailer came out that was like the one that stood out to my daughter. She's like, they're making a Princess Peach game. And I was, I didn't have the heart to tell her, yeah, I hope this one's not like <laughs> incredibly misogynistic <laughs> like, the, like the last one. But, you know. It seems to be in a much say. better spot to start. It seems to yeah, start. I don't think they, yeah. they could not get away with that these days. No. Um, uh, that wouldn't, even even Nintendo. The fits uh, are good too. That. Good good fits. They are. Good costumes. <laughs> good costumes. Uh, I agree. Uh, let's take a break. Uh, we'll we'll be back in uh, just a moment. Uh, you hear some ads, uh, unless you're a Remap Radio subscriber over at remapradio.com, uh, and then you can. Dot com. 
I mean, I guess you could do what some people sometimes write in, which is like, if I subscribe and then also into the ads, do you get more money? And I'm like, I guess, but don't do that to yourself. Just like subscribe. I don't like pennies. I, you know, I don't know how much money that works, but like, just if you want to support us just and you subscribe. Yeah. You don't have to hear the ads. It's cool. Like you've done your <laughs> thumbs up. You've done your job. You can do that over at remevradio.com. We'll be right back. If you're looking for another content pit to pour money into, boy, do I have the deal for you. Come back in a week. <laughs> yeah, you, uh, just, all right. you just be patient. <laughs> all right, we'll be right back. One of the most normal morning routines is a bowl, some milk, some cereal. What changes as you get older is you might want to modify what you're putting into that bowl with the milk. If you suddenly want to cut back on sugar or you want to add more protein, you're thinking about fitness goals, but you don't want to give up the deliciousness of what you're putting in that bowl, you might want to think about Magic Spoon. Uh, Because with Magic Spoon, you get all those flavors you love, high protein, less sugar, and as someone with kids, the idea that I can show them that these cereals can have all of these things and you can think about what's in your body every morning seems really good. Magic Spoon comes in a variety pack of four flavors, cocoa, fruity, frosted, and peanut butter. This pack has zero grams of sugar, 13 to 14 grams of protein, and four to five grams of net carbs. Only 140 calories a serving, it's high protein, has zero grams of sugar, keto-friendly, gluten-free, grain-free, and soy-free. And look, you put peanut butter in anything, I'm there, which is why that's my favorite one and I'm hiding it from my children. You can go to magicspoon.com slash remap to grab a variety pack and try it today. And be sure to use our promo code REMAP at checkout to save $5 off your order. And Magic Spoon is so confident in their product, it's backed with a 100% happiness guarantee. So if you don't like it for any reason, they'll refund your money, no questions asked. Remember, start the new year off right with a delicious bowl of high-protein cereal at magicspoon.com slash remap and use the code REMAP to save $5 off. Thanks to Magic Spoon for sponsoring this episode. Hey, REMAP Radio listeners. Rob here. You know, the time was I'd come up with a meal plan for the entire week, and then I'd trawl through the grocery stores making sure I had everything I needed right on budget to make those home-cooked meals. Unfortunately, times have changed, and speaking of time, I don't have quite as much of it as I used to. You know, there's a podcast empire to be overseen. But I can't just order fast food and pizza delivery every night. My budget, and unfortunately my increasingly delicate stomach won't allow it. Fortunately for folks in the same boat as me, there's Factor. Factor gives you 35 options each week to make meal planning easy. And not just for dinner. They have breakfast foods and snacks covered as well. Factor is less expensive than takeout, and every meal is dietitian approved to be nutritious and delicious. But it's just as convenient delivering the food you need right to your door. And now, if you head to factormeals.com slash remap50 and use code remap50 to get 50% off, that's right, that's code remap50 at factormeals.com slash remap50 to get 50% off. And now you can head to factormeals.com slash remap50 and use code remap50 to get 50% off. That's code remap50 at factormeals.com slash remap50 to get 50% off.
And we're back. Uh, Bren, let's start with you. We, it seems like, at least with you, maybe it, we can finally tie a bow on Armored Core, the Fires of Rubicon, a game that I, if I, let me know if I have this correct. You have finished New Game Plus Plus, or is yes. it Plus Plus Plus? No, it's just Plus Plus. I've finished okay. New Game Plus Plus. Um, I, I have seen all three endings of Fires of Rubicon. Um, wow. I know. I'm very, I'm very, <laughs> thanks. Is, is this a true ending situation or just a different ending situation? It's a different ending situation. Okay. I mean, like, it's a true ending insofar as, like, all games reward you for playing the path with the most content. Like, whatever path has the most content is, like, the implicit path of the game because, like, players go to games for content, blah, 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 blah. You know what I mean? Uh, classic, classic uh, ending discourse. Uh, but, the endings are like equally weighted narratively in terms of like as valid options. Uh, the things you can do at the end of that game are all like, there, there's not a correct answer uh, is what I'll say. It, it also has like the new game plus and plus plus ending is one of the like FromSoft has a command over image, but I have never seen them deploy it this elegantly at the conclusion to one of their games. I think that like, Mm. I, I think that like the closest you get, the closest I can think of is like taking the throne in, in dark souls or, or, or something like that, but like done with a level of like spectacle and visual majesty that like they kind of haven't done before. Uh, it's, it's a really good, the new game plus plus ending was like really good. I, I, I really adored it. Um, also the character work in AC six ends up in such a sick place across the three playthroughs because like, the third playthrough is happens parallel to the other ones. And so like mm. you get moments where there's one point where a character gives you a message that two other characters have been dealt with. And across your other playthroughs, you have fought and killed those characters already. And so you know what it means that like, this other character is telling you, I have dealt with these two people. That like means something to you because like you have played through the game at this point three times and have gotten close to these characters. You know what it means to fight them. Um, and, and like the quickness and like grace with which like the game invokes characters like that is like really impressive. It's really, really impressive writing. I mean, like if FromSoft has spent the last... It feels like FromSoft has spent the last like two decades in like a gravity training chamber because they've just written like one kind of guy for the most part. They've just written like cryptic assholes of varying sorts for 20 years. And then someone was like, yeah, you have a game where like people can talk to the player now and like talk to each other. And someone in that writing room was like, great, I have trained like Goku. The weight, the weights are coming off. The like, yeah, characters don't talk to like that's I guess that if you actually think about dialogue in FromSoft games, it is always player being monologued at. Mm -hmm. It is not a conversation. It is right. it is there is it is it is always just a prompt and then a character says the thing and there's a very uh, melodramatic uh like monologue nature to it, which is it sounds like th it, there's a more naturalistic like dialogue in AC6. 
And so when they lean into that other monologue style, it hits so <laughs> much harder. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There is, oh, man, I don't want to spoil this scene, but like it's important to talk about to make the point that I want to make. Kato, take your headphones off. Uh, it's at the end of the first playthrough. Yeah. I'll, I'll signal when you can put him back Wait, on. Are you gonna, is he going to really, is, is Kato, are they, are they, they really going to play New Game Plus? I don't, I don't, I don't buy the, that, but it's fine. You, you it's quick. You they're sp- quick. You can spoil it for me. They're quick. The New Game Plus and Plus Plus are quicker than the first playthrough. But um, when you fight Handler Walter at the end of the, uh, one of the game's playthroughs, so this is a full spoiler section, you fight Handler mm-hmm. Walter at one point. He is like mumbling to himself that entire fight like he is in a haze. He sounds like a Souls boss. He sounds like a Souls NPC as he's like quietly rambling to himself about his desire to like, you know, if you finish the job, you get your body back. He's like saying this and like, which is like nonsense. He is saying nonsense to you. The idea that your character will get your body back when they finish this job is a joke. That, like, that's never going to happen. That's delusional. And, like, listening to this character who has been the dude guiding you through this entire game, now delusional, trying to convince himself that all of this was worth it, that all of the horrible things he did to you was worth it, because you may be able to get your body back in this, like, imagined dream world is, like, it's it's an incredible, incredible play. It's so, so good. Uh, I'm just like beyond impressed with like the character writing of like that scene in particular um, because it's such, it like builds, it's like, it's an incredible um, climax to your relationship with Handler Walter. And then when you go back in subsequent playthroughs, you know what he becomes, you know, like this like sad, pathetic part of him and you start to hear it in every line of his dialogue. Mm. And it's just like, Damn, they like made a story that like is designed to be played through multiple times and like reveal like surprisingly deep emotional like cores to like every single character who hops on your radio. It's like really impressive. Um, And then the final boss fight is like, Patrick, here's how I'll pitch the final boss of New Game Plus Plus to you. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's what different. If, You're saying this is a fundamentally different boss fight. It is not just retreading oh yeah, yeah. the same ground. Okay. They're all different bosses. They're all different boss fights. The the final one being the hardest by like a significant margin. Patrick, what if you got to the end of a Souls game mm-hmm. and sitting on the throne Ooh. in front of the fire? Okay. Was Patches. <laughs> what if it was fucking Patches? And I believe Patch, it. And Patches, I believe it. It's not literally Patches, but there is a whingy little shit in Armored Core 6, and his name is Iguazu. And that whingy little shit is, in fact, the big bad of the game because you killed him, and he's so pissed off. You beat him early in the playthrough, and he's so pissed off that you beat him that he sends assassins after you the entire game. He is a dude with, like, one of the biggest superiority, just, like, one of the all-time whiny rivals in, like, all of mech fiction. He's incredible in how bad he sucks. Um, And at the end of the game, you show up, and he's there, and he looks at you, and he's like, yeah, guess what? I made a deal with the devil. Like, you are not the only person who makes deals with the devil in this world. I am doing it, and they picked me. And so the final fight is just, like, 
this dude railing against you, just like trying to find some way in which he is better than you, and he can't do it. Eventually, he starts fighting with the AI that he like shares his head with now, because like the AI like wants things from the world, and this dude only cares about beating you. And like it's such a good climax for the game. It feels like a really cool like end to the power curve, and also like a very characterful moment. I'm like really impressed with Armored Core Six's like story and writing. Um, I've 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 loved it a lot. That's really cool. All right, Kato. Um, the last... Uh, one, 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 oh, sorry. Go ahead. I was just going to say, the last thing I'll say about AC6 is uh, I, I, I have the final names for all of my mechs uh, across... Oh, roll them out. Yeah, let me, let me hit you. All right. White Raven. Mm-hmm. Uh, White Raven, Borrowed Wings, Dog with Wings, Will to Choose. Uh, and Those are good names. Thank you. Uh, and then second playthrough was White Raven Beta, Byzantium, and um, oh god, Bazinga! Fuck you! Fuck you! God, I've never. I've no. Bazinga. Oh my god! I've That's never. A really I've never. Good just, one. I've no uh, if, off, fuck off, Cotter, if, I, if I was over Ren's Ren's place, like Ren's, I'm gonna go get some coffee and like log in, change, change name, name to Bazinga. Bazinga, <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then finally, um, uh, oh God, Borrowed Wings became left of center, referring to the pile bunker that that mech mm. has uh, because it hits left of center. Um, and then Dog with Wings uh, ended up being upgraded into New Game Plus Plus, and this is what I ended up finishing the game with, uh, was Bird with Teeth. Yeah. Uh, which is the which is the follow up to Dog with? Thank you, thank you for acknowledging how gross that name is. It's a really mm. it's a it's a fun Mac. Bird with teeth is like a fun of setting Mac, uh, and so that was the final Birds have Mac teeth. Bay um, that I that I ended up with. Bird teeth. Ren still has teeth, and now Ren's. Oh, God, oh. <laughs> look, they have no. teeth. I mean, good for them, but I don't need. <laughs> I don't. Oh, I don't. Yeah. Can I like hide this? <laughs> I can yeah, retroactively some, spoil can re- spoil the image. Report maybe? message. <laughs> abuse or harassment. Oh, I'm, no. I'm sending this to I'm sending this to this Wait, court. sorry, Kato, uh, you sent us a bird with actively bloodied teeth. Are they bloody? Yes, oh. look at the ones at the base oh. of the beak. Where? Oh. Yeah. That's blood. Well, Probably. <laughs> They feasted, uh, yeah. just like Ren's, Ren's mechs. Uh, I, I'm, I'm curious if you, uh, one thing I had seen, I have not touched uh, AC since uh, I streamed it with you. It is a game I do want to get back to, but what will be interesting about going back to it is that I will be going back to it post-patch when mm-hmm. um, all I saw was a lot of folks discussing the fact that uh, From Software did what many game developers do, uh, including From Software. They are not alone in wanting to... <laughs> balance their games based on player feedback no they but, are not uh notably they uh addressed the like end of chapter one uh mech was it bella balteus yeah balteus uh which was a real stumbling block for a lot of players um the way i you know interpreted that was the game producing like a really difficult like early on skill check to sort of you know does the player understand what's happening here. Like over time, I felt like the feedback from a lot of people was like, 
hey, like the fun of that fight, if it was a little bit later, would be like having access to more weapons instead of having to grind everything out. And anyway, like they ended up rebalancing it. I don't know to what degree. Can you speak to some of those balance changes? Because your playthroughs were happening right. as this patch rolled out. I will say that Baltaeus is like much more manageable uh, than than it used to be. It's a bit less aggressive uh, in, in a lot of ways. Uh, I feel like the, the fire attacks come out significantly less. But like, <sighs> Baltaeus was tough because like the purpose of that boss, if there is a thing that boss is trying to teach you, it is that like you are going to have to alter your build in some way to adapt to whatever you're fighting. And like one of the problems is that like as as my friend and editor Tessa pointed out, like the game doesn't really then push you to change your build that much after Baltaeus, uh, or at least for some oh, builds. Really? Well, okay. the problem is AC6 is a game with a really clear design goal. And like a really clear, like you're supposed to be changing your build all the time, blah, 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 blah. The problem is that the weapons are balanced right now in such a way that there are a couple of weapons that are just like so much better than everything else that it like kind of breaks the the balancing of the game. And like mm. if the Zimmerman shotgun is the answer to literally every problem, then like builds stop mattering effectively. Um it's or at least it becomes down to personal preference as opposed exactly. to effectiveness. I was gonna yeah. say it seems like they try they're they're trying to thread that needle between requiring you to play different builds and allowing people to build play builds based purely on preference of what they want to build. Like if you want to build a big tank with the, the heaviest guns, you could do that and it, it can still be viable in some ways, if that's what you like. But then that, yeah, it means that you can't force people to be like, no, you need to make something that has like X, Y, Z thing aside from Baltaeus, which is the only one you don't, you don't need it, but no, it you heavily, don't. and that's the thing, it heavily you, emphasized it, especially for people who might be like newer to these types of games, right? Well, it, it does. But also like, if you go back to that fight with later game weapons that are like, more not more powerful but like better at applying certain kinds of pressure and like that's the key yeah. thing is that like balteus is vulnerable to certain kinds of pressure being applied to it you can chew through that shield really quickly if you use like weapons with really high base damage you can chew through that shield real quick you don't need a pulse you don't need a pulse gun or a pulse blade to get through that shield i have done that fight dozens of times without a pulse blade or a pulse gun and it goes fine it, would it be faster if I used a pulse weapon? Probably. I mean, right. not probably. Definitely. It would. But, like, it's not necessary. And I think that, you know, I've, I've seen some some folks I know, like, talk about this experience of, like, oh, I played, uh, I practiced against Balteus for hours, felt like I was really getting better, and then, like, switched to the pulse guns and felt like I breezed through the fight and it was suddenly too easy. And I understand that frustration, but like, I, I I think it's kind of fine to spend several hours developing a skill. And then when you finally take, like, it's like taking the weighted training clothes off. Right. Once you equip the pulse gun in that sense, where it's like, yeah, you are moving faster. That's true. Like you are, you are better prepared for this. And like, I don't know. I, I liked Balteus a lot. I think it's, I have complex feelings about uh, when FromSoft changes things like this, uh, is is what I will say. Um, with the note that, like, I think that, you know, Ibis was probably uh, the the chapter four boss who they also tweaked, uh, is a little was a little bit overtuned. 
Baltaeus was probably a little bit overtuned. Um, it's just, I think there is deep value in making a player engage with the systems of your game. And like putting a boss there that makes you engage with the system of changing your weapons, I think is valuable. Um, because it, I just think it came a little too early in the game for a lot of play. Like it, it's, it hits like a hammer as opposed to feeling as though it is going alongside a pretty natural skill arc uh, to that point in the game. Like that was, that's how I felt like when I hit that boss is like, fuck, this came out of, this came out of nowhere um, as opposed to, mm-hmm. and and sometimes, you know, like from software, plenty of games do do that to try and again, to check you. It just felt like it was it felt like a boss from like chapter three or four, as opposed to a boss at the end of chapter one. And I think there was, I think what ended up, you know, I can't speak to FromSoft largely does their own thing. They're rarely do they feel like they're a studio that bends to the whims and responses of uh, do your game this way um, sort of thing. But uh, it, it felt like a lot of players were getting frustrated at that boss in a way that did not feel like it was along the natural skill curve of like where that game. When I was hearing from other people, like if you get past chapter one, like, some of those other bosses are like not nearly as tough as that one. Whoa. It's like, okay, if that's true, that feels a little Here's the pro- odd. Here's the problem though, is that like these are games again about builds. I know some people who like struggled with the sea spider, the the boss of chapter two. Yeah, for I've heard that. Hours one. and hours. Well, right, but the but the problem, Patrick, is that like if if that is the case, if some people are, are struggling with the sea spider for hours and hours and some people are struggling with a chapter four boss for hours and hours. everyone who's like oh yeah after Baltaeus, the game just doesn't have any challenging fights just isn't i wouldn't go th- not, i wouldn't go not that just far. challenging it's fights but like th- Baltaeus is not as difficult as like the sea Sp- i think i think that sea spider is significantly harder than Baltaeus. i think that like uh, Ibis is significantly harder than Baltaeus. I think the problem with Baltaeus, or the thing that frustrated people, is that it is checking two things at once. It is not just checking your knowledge or your execution. It is asking you to do both things simultaneously. And I think like that and is knowledge in two realms, right? Because not just like remember what these patterns are going to be when it changes forms or whatever. It's also like, right. do you know that what how your build could help you? when it's not feeling right, right? Right, and so I understand people being like, yeah, it felt like a a hammer or like like hitting a brick wall. I I, I, I kind of get that, but the thing is that like, I don't, I don't know how you really fix Baltaeus without like kind of undercutting the goals of the fight. Uh, like the design, what would feel like the design goals of the fight. I like, I like, I like really do not. Um, but also like, uh, maybe I'm the wrong person to ask about this because like Valteus was like not a problem for me. Uh, and so like, yeah, yeah, you know what? I feel like you've answered your own question. (laughs) (laughs) Right. It's not not changed for, for, for us who just like, yeah, it took me like five tries, but it was fine. It was like a normal boss fight. My, well, it was not for me. Um, uh, not that the game wasn't for me, but like, it was not a normal boss for me. Right. My last time that I touched it, I played it after we did our stream, like played it offline, got within one shot of, of finishing it. and was like, Oh, I'll get back to that. Mm-hmm. And then sadly, so many other games happened. <laughs> yeah. I've not oh. gotten back to it, but, 
Uh, Armored Core is going to be one of those, like, it's, I've been looking at, like, Armored Core or Mortals of Avium, and it's like, ooh, those are holiday games. <laughs> like, like th- those are games that I'm just going to steamroll mm. through at the Especially end of uh, December. How long, um, how long does a, a playthrough even, like, how long do you have to play the game to get to all the endings? Like, how maybe, long does a single play playthrough even, like, when, how long was your first one? Do you remember? I was probably like, I'm like, well, no, Kato, I don't have a good answer for this oh, okay. because I wasn't allowed to play it at the normal pace. Like if I had, if I had been allowed to mainline AC six, yeah. then like I probably would have finished it in like 15, 16 hours. That's, yeah. That sounds about right. That's my right. guess for the first playthrough. For the the first other playthrough. two were How like, long to be says 16 and a half, which, you know, that's in line with a more like, a, like the arc of an action game right. as opposed to a souls game, which you're expecting double triple that or Elden Ring then it's and like even then this is this is that. one of those that you want to play again because it's like it's designed around, it's designed around yeah. the so there's repeatability stuff, right? yeah right and the subsequent playthroughs are shorter they're like closer to like four or five hours maybe right. if you're like skipping the cutscenes you've already seen it's like three or four hours um only one of only like a couple of the fights are like that much harder that like I needed a lot of time Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I would guess like I, uh, probably to like see all the endings was probably like 34, 35 hours is what I would, is what I would guess. Yeah. Not too bad. Maybe 25, 25. That's doable. <laughs> yeah. I say from my place uh, in yeah, chapter, right. middle of chapter three. <laughs> yeah. Right. Right after ghost trick. I kind of will just get to Look. the end of AC six, but in the, you know, in the meantime, uh, funny enough, as we as we crack jokes about time, yeah. you are playing a game about time uh, called Time Bandit, which I believe you're mostly just going to set up here yes. so that you can tell us more next week. But what you told me about the setup, I thought was worth explaining yeah. to the audience. So what's what's going on with Time uh, Bandit? So yeah, Time Bandit is a is a it's it's a mix of three kinds of games. It's a Sokoban game. Like um, block pushing game where you're, you know, uh, I think the tradition, like the first setup for these were literally about like pushing boxes in a warehouse to get them into certain positions. But that sort of puzzle game that you, you know, it comes up in like Zelda games had them a lot, you know, in the 2D era and stuff like that. Um, It's also uh, a Metal Gear Solid game. That part is new. And the reason that that okay. part is new, even though I've been playing this game for about a week, is that is the third thing that it is is it's a real time clock game, like like an Animal Crossing, where like when you log mm-hmm. on is like important to what is going on in the world, and also there's a bunch of in game timers that are set to real time like limits. The Sokoban part of it, where you're pushing boxes around a uh, a warehouse is set up as like you're a new employee at this job at this warehouse and uh every time you go to push a block it takes 30 real world minutes to do it which is a long uh-huh. time yeah <laughs> uh and there's um at first of enough things to do in the game that like after you can go like poke at the edges of like finding like what's going on in this world. Like it's, it's, it's got this, uh, very kind of, um, upfront setup of like, look, this game is about capitalism. <laughs> like you get like a little slideshow, like, uh, about 20 minutes in from, uh, a union organizer being like, 
This is this is how wage theft works. <laughs> the 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 ruling class is taking uh all of our money. This is how supply you know the uh what's the word I'm looking for? Uh the the value of our labor is being stolen from us. The value of our time mm-hmm. in in specifically in time, right? Like so you're thinking about physical time like in the real world because every timer is on a real world time the time like your your local time is at the top of the game the entire time um and if you uh go to sleep on the job you get thrown in jail for 12 real game hours real world hours <laughs> which i accidentally did once where because in order to save the game you have to go to sleep and one time i forgot that they had told me that if I try to save the game and go to sleep <laughs> inside of the warehouse that I work at, I would be I would be arrested for sleeping on the job. <laughs> like uh and and at first I was like, wow, this is kind of, you know, it's a very it's an interesting like, you know, not thought experiment, but an interesting look at the um ideas of how we spend time and how time gets uh kind of weaponized against us in capitalist like forms of work and then something changed that we'll talk about next week because i've just started it but it changed because because the timers are so long i would like play it for like 30 minutes 15 minutes and then like put it down and be like i'll set a timer on my on my phone for like the 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 next time i can make a move and then the timer would go off and i wouldn't go back because i was doing something else or like so like instead of doing like these short chunks and like every other every other like half hour i ended up doing like half an hour a night and so like i think what maybe should have played out in like technically only two hours of play played out over an entire week which <laughs> which is very funny to like get hit with another mechanic all of a sudden and um i'm really interested to get deeper into that part of it because it's now turned into a stealth game uh and and, and it has a lot well, and it was i was re- i was i was reading about that part of the yeah. game and they're like Depending when you play the game, you're either going to be yes. on shift or off shift. And there so there are now uh, real world shifts of like, I can play that game at six to 10 and I won't have to do the stealth elements anymore. But if I play that correct. game at 11 so like, p.m., like, oh shit, I have to play a completely different game. Uh, right. Because you are, you're on shift, you're expected to be yeah. there off shift. What, what the hell are, <laughs> what you, are doing you doing at the work site? <laughs> um, you're up to something shady. Yeah. And I think that's a really. It's it's neat to have the game have, you know, obviously that, you know, in some ways can make it more difficult for some people to to play it. But I've it's an it's a very neat yeah novel concept to have the real world implications of your like the time yes. you spend in game, out of game and also time of day having a an, I mean, I always like stuff. You know, that's why that's why I liked games like Boktai on the GBA. <laughs> even right. though I don't know how good that game was, but the fact that. You played it on the GBA, which notoriously was bad under sunlight, right. <laughs> and that required sunlight hitting sun. a cartridge add-on in order for it to work. Yeah. It's delightful. Yeah. I, I love. It's the same way I love peripheral games and music games, just because I like it when games not just interact with the real world, but like just ask different things of yeah. you, like physically and, and yeah. psychologically, which which obviously this game does. Yeah, I think it lines up really well with the themes of like of of just the capitalist mode of production and 
how we spend our time. Um, there's a lot of really, uh, you know, there's just some characters to talk to, which I should have seen the Metal Gear Solid thing coming earlier if I had realized that whenever you call someone, it is just a codex call that's happening on screen. Mm-hmm. Like, it throws up your little mm-hmm. portraits on the left and right side of it. And I was like, oh, that's why there's stealth in this game. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's been really neat. And I'm going to, I'm like... I was worried for a second there that I had hit a sort of like um, holding pattern in the game of like, oh, now you just have to do these puzzles in order until you accrue enough money to do the next puzzle. Like there's like a sort of, there seems to be a sort of ramp on because you need to make money in order to buy gasoline in order to fuel the forklift, which is the forklift is what moves the, the thing. There's also a crane, but the crane requires five gallons at once to make a single move. And that's a lot of fucking money. So you gotta <laughs> like, there's this escalating amount of like, in order to do more of the work, you need to spend more of your own personal money. Um, it's a whole thing. So I'm, I'm interested to see, now with the second element that allows actually for a slightly it allows, it allows for a slightly faster rate of uh money right if you do the stealth sections mm-hmm. uh so um I'm, I'm 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 interested to see how it uh ends up uh playing out because it's yeah it's got a lot of fun interesting and like very mechanically ex- like mechanically well expressed themes i think of of t- around time um that's really uh, cool. Oh, yeah. We'll check back in next yeah. week as you can tell us more about your progress or <laughs> lack of progress. Yeah, um, yeah I played 10 minutes and then had to happens. go to sleep again because my person got too tired. <laughs> mm, your per- the, uh, Kato got too tired or Kato's uh, virtual person got yeah. too tired. Who could say? <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, I got two games to talk about uh, real quick. Um, uh, one is Gunbrella, which is a uh, new game from... Uh, uh, Doinksoft, who did a game I quite liked from a couple years back called Gato Roboto, which was uh, itself a just really fun monochrome yeah. uh, kind of like action Metroid sort of like it was just it's a really neat game. Like if you haven't played that, like re- I highly recommend going going back and checking out Gato Roboto. It's um, had great music, great visuals, played really well. And so like once I saw that, I was, you know, very excited to see whatever that team would do next. And Gunbrella, which uh, came out this week, is is their new game um, uh, from from Doing Sock, which is I mean, it's an umbrella that's got a gun on it um, <laughs> and all the implications therein as sort of like one of the key mechanics. Yeah. You uh, can use that to float down. You can use it to just magically boost yourself in any direction it kind of works in a in a kind of grappling hook fashion in that way but you get a little more free form uh movement out of it because you're not explicitly tied to like grappling onto a thing you can use it to actually right. kind of grapple like you can use the umbrella to like hook onto wires and other objects <laughs> to slide down but otherwise it's it's really meant as a as a movement tool to let you nice. uh, get around uh the the space uh and uh it's 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 really it's really neat. I liked that we Kato and I played the demo uh, of it uh, well, on one yeah. of our streams uh, not too far back. I think during Steam Next Fest or something. Some, they all bleed some, together. Some, one of those for me. Things. But you and I uh, played that on stream uh, and it, it seemed quite neat. And I'm I'm happy to report that the the game itself like remains nice. uh, quite neat. It's a, a 2D action uh, game. Um, like and. Uh, it's just, it's got really clever writing. It's got an incredible, like, jazzy, noir 
soundtrack. It feels really good to get around. Uh, it's just, it's a good game. Like, how do you need to play it? I so want we can, to like boast it down. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I will. I will endeavor to get you uh, uh, access to to that game um, because uh, there's. Uh, it's just it's just beautiful to look at, beautiful to play. Yeah, I remember and being. I, I highly recommend cho- folks checking it out. I remember when it was like, uh, it's Devolver, right? So it must have been one of the. They're publishing yeah, it, yeah, yeah. During yeah. What, whatever Devolver like digital was happening, the like first it was like, oh, this this got this has like a cool pixel art style, you know, that's nice, mm-hmm. and Check. and then like. There were some movement options. I was like, "Oh, cool! They the fluid, the movement seems really fluid." And then there was a part where they parried some bullets with the umbrella bit, and then like yeah. I, I like felt my mind start to expand. <laughs> I'm just like, "Oh, the like the shit you can get into with this now." Of just like being able to have like a mid like you know like in the in the like demo in, in the um in the trailer that's the word i'm looking for i remember it happening like midair in such a like fluid like balletic motion that i was like damn that seems sick <laughs> like so i'm very excited yeah it's, it's it. neat like you can be in boss fights where like you know you can choose and are, are working between uh movement and parrying right. where like like a boss like launches some sort of like laser orb at you and you can if not send it back to them to at least like send it in a direction that no longer makes it a concern. You can be parrying bullets, but I, I found myself doing less parrying and more dodging mm. because the, the freedom of movement you get from the, and like the cooldown on it is like immediate. Like basically nice. as long, as soon as you touch ground, then you can boost away again. And the fact that you can kind of shotgun in a, in a direction and then slowly work your way back down. Just, it gives you, I'm always a fan of games that, give the player expressive freedom of movement. And um, I, like this game has one that feels exceptionally good. Um, and the writing is nice. like surprisingly for a game that is sort of like, it's a guy on a revenge mission. Like I, I feel like a lot of these games don't necessarily prioritize writing that highly. And I would still say the story is not necessarily what you're here for, but the incidental writing, some of the character work I think is punchier and, more like better written than I was expecting. And nice. that's like a really pleasant surprise yeah. for like to go alongside a game that otherwise you're here because like the combat feels real good, which it does. Like the combat does feel really good here. And uh, it's, uh, I, I think people should, should check it out. Um, and, and it's funny you bring up the pairing because that's like kind of like all that's been on my mind this past week as I, so I've played, I don't know, five hours of, of Lies of P, um, the Pinocchio uh, themed uh, new Souls-like from, <laughs> I think it's NeoWiz, I think is the, yes. the, the South Korean developer uh, behind it. Uh, Ren, Kato and I did a, a stream where we watched Ren play the demo of that uh, earlier this year. The, the final game comes out next week, but reviews have dropped. And I was playing that game... Uh, and having a really hard time getting the parry down um, to a degree that felt comfortable and not frustrating. And I had kind of gotten to a place with the game where I thought sometimes it just doesn't click and that's okay. And that doesn't mean the game's bad or like the parry isn't like good, like well-timed or well-made or well-implemented. Sometimes the game just doesn't, a mechanic just doesn't work for you and that's that's okay. 
And so I was prepared to be in that place. And the reason I had gone to that place was re- it was in a spot that Ren, you had played in that demo where it's kind of like a mini boss. It's like the big policeman who's got the yeah, baton. Yeah, the end of like, the demo. Yeah. Uh, not quite that boss, but like it's like the smaller version. It's like the smaller versions right. of those. You remember there's a spot in the demo yeah. where there's a woman who's looking for a baby. Yes. And then like down below is like a smaller version of, of right. kind of like one of those enemies. And it has these big erratic swings. And I, for the life of me, could not follow the animations. Like I could block, but I could not do it in the game. Liza P is called a perfect guard, um, which is where you like their their weapon kind of vibrates and and turns uh, like a red color. If you do that enough times, you can break their their weapon. It also contributes to the game's uh, stagger mechanic, which is where you can do like the equivalent of a what is it? Is it a visceral attack yes. in Bloodborne? Yes. You know, where or a critical um, strike and, and in Elden Ring or critical the Souls strike. Games, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but like, it seemed like the the game was communicating to me that the parry is very important, and it's like if the parry doesn't work for me maybe this game doesn't work for me. And I just, I guess I have to live with that. And I, especially in an environment like this fall where there's so many games coming out as much as I was looking forward to playing and liking Liza P on some level, there was a certain level of peace with the idea of, all right, like this 40 hour game, I guess I can just put to the side and like put that effort into something else. Well, then all the reviews for Liza P drop and they are just across the board People I respect going, this is not just a good game, but an excellent game. And like one of the best games that is taking what FromSoft put mm-hmm. down and not just emulating it, but picking it up and trying to do something meaningful with it. It's like, oh, you son of a bitch. <laughs> God damn it. I, I was, God damn it. And and in addition to that, I like responded to several other viewers. It was like, hey, um, am I the only one where like the parry is like like a real challenge and not quite working? And enough of them were like, I, hey, I didn't actually parry that much in the game. You know, I did so in critical moments, but otherwise found other ways into the game uh, by emphasizing damage. And one of the differences in the demo and the final game is changes to the dodge roll that make the dodge roll uh, much more useful uh, in order to 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 get out of enemy attacks, uh, and essentially that you can't ignore parry. Parry is 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 part of the game, but that um, on a moment to moment basis, you can find ways to like explore the world and then deal with that when you get to the bosses. And so uh, it also was just like more like more time. Like I had the same troubles you were having. Some of the early enemies have erratic animations that make actually grokking the the parry difficult. It's like, okay. Okay, I'm going to give it another go. And so, of course, you know, the night before I got to that mini boss and, like, was that, like, want to whip the controller? Across, <laughs> like, okay, I'm done with this fucking game. Like, I, this is not working for me. And, of course, I sit down, change my approach, like, beat that enemy the first time through. <laughs> like, you know, we'll keep pushing through. Realize, like, a huge part of this game is actually elemental damage. Um, like, raw attack, like, damage is... is is something that occurs here, but lots of enemies in order to effectively fight them are, you want to have weaknesses. Some of that can be like electricity, like puppets in general, which of course the game is full of them. We, so I started playing with more of the systems and I have now arrived at a place, you know, five, six hours in the game where, you know, I, I don't feel comfortable quite joining the chorus because I feel like I need to play more of the game to, uh, to, to do that properly. But I'm really enjoying my time. Like the different systems this game has that plays with, um, already existing ideas in the Souls games. Like, for example, like, there are lots of weapons in this game. 
but they're broken into two, like they're, they're in two pieces. There is like the handle and like the blade and those can be ripped apart and you can use them and combine them with any other weapon or handle in the game. That's going to influence the weight of your a character, which you can just, you know, pump up the stats and, and manage. But like, like for example, if you have like a heavy weapon mm-hmm. and you like the way that swings, but you like the the power that you get from the handle on something else will just zoop, you just fuse those two together. Um, you can do uh, like one of the things that happens in a lot of these games is there's damage scaling, right? So the way that works is like, let's say you've put stats into this is not how lies of P categorizes it, but let's say let's call it strength. Uh, and then you have a weapon that is scales along strength. Um but let's say uh, you get a weapon that uh, I guess the better way to think of it is like you get a weapon that you really like how it swings. It feels good, but it scales along uh, like uh, technique instead, a different stat. Well, there are objects you can get in the world to modify the way like the scaling works on the enemies and so around uh, the weapons. And so it just provides this deep level of customization that is its own unique thing. Every time you get a weapon, even if it's not the type of weapon that you normally would want to swing, well, maybe that handle has a power that you find really useful, but you're going to keep the blade that you already had. And so it just opens up a world of really interesting ideas. And I'm, I'm not now, you know, I made it past that first boss that, that Ren, that, uh, that you played, uh, in the demo. Um, I've, I've made it into like deep into the next area. And this game seems Really neat. I would definitely encourage anyone that already has like a Game Pass subscription and you like these types of games, keep an eye on it. Like I I will hopefully have more to say next week um, when um, I've had a chance to play more. Hopefully we can find some way for Ren to. So this is worth pointing out. There is something not trying to call out Microsoft here. They're very generous in in, in providing, uh, you know, uh, early access to the game. But like, so here's what happened. So. Last, you know, late last week, I get a, an email. It's like, hey, uh, lies of a P code for Xbox. And I was like, okay. So I went to xbox.com and I redeemed that code. And then I go to my Xbox and it's like, bro, lies of P is not in your in your library. Now, sometimes when you redeem a game early, it can get wonky with like your library. Like that sometimes does happen uh, based on different systems. And so it's like, oh, well, I'll just go to xbox.com, like go to my account like usually the way I fix this is I go to xbox.com, I go to my account history and then you find the purchase slash redemption of code and click on that version of the game. And it'll say, you own this. Do you want to install it? And then you can jump through those hoops. Um, Well, it kept saying it was just for the PC version. Mm -hmm. And I was like, Oh fuck. Is this like not an Xbox anywhere game? And by redeeming it on my computer, did I communicate to Xbox that, I, hey, I want to play this on PC. Mm-hmm. I was like, shit, I might have screwed I might have screwed this up. So then I wrote to Xbox and I'm like, hey, I think I might have goofed. Is there any chance I could get a second code? Because I actually wanted to play this on my Xbox and on my PC. If it, I can't get another code, totally fine. Like, I'll, I'll make do. I'm like, no, 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 we got another one. So they send me another one. Well, then I go to my Xbox, redeem that code. It's like, bro, you own this game. What? 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 And so then I look on the Xbox app on my phone and you search through your game library and it'll say across like different games, you own this on PC, you own this on console, you own this on console, like, and it'll list each platform. Lies of P 
so that I only owned it on PC, which is why it wasn't showing up on my Xbox. But when I tried to redeem a code on my Xbox, it said I already oh. owned the game, <laughs> but I only somehow it had categorized. So wow. I'm like, okay, well, I guess I'm just going to play this on PC. And then I had one last thought. I was like, what would happen if I pre-ordered the game, which would then give me a license to the game on the front end, but in the back end, it would see that a, a code had been redeemed and allow me to play it early, right? Like that, yeah. the code is really like it's access, but then also authorization on the back end to play it before the mm-hmm. the release mm-hmm. date. Mm-hmm. And so I purchase it. <laughs> I see $60 charge go to my credit card. And then the game boots immediately on my Xbox. Man, <laughs> and wow. so like buying the game unlocked. So, and you can see it in my account history. Like it says like code redeemed game purchased. And so eventually I'm going to have to go to customer service and be like, look, <laughs> like, yeah. um, or, or remap is going to eat 60 bucks on this game that I thought I, I, I couldn't navigate through customer service, but like it was bizarre. So this is all set up to then explain I was like, Ren, I've got the second code, didn't need it, figured it out by spending 60 bucks for some <laughs> weird reason. Go take go take this code and play it on PC. Ren's like super excited, like, oh, you made my night. And then redeems it and the, the code. Yeah, it's the same problem. Downloads 10 megabytes, launches the game and then crashes. <laughs> it's like, yeah, it seems like it what? seems like I have the same problem because it says pre-install. When I'm offered it, it says right. pre-installed. So I, 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 and also like if I go to the Lies of P Standard Edition, I don't own the Lies of P Standard Edition. So my guess is that this is a code for like a very specific branch, maybe that is like I, I, I truly have no idea what could be going on here. Uh, but I, <sighs> I'm not. Here's the thing. I don't have $60 like that to just like drop on lies of peace. So I am waiting until this situation resolves itself. I'm, don't worry. I'm still in loop on PR. I, I just, I was just, I was like, I think I got an email from this, from them this morning. And <laughs> infuriating. They're investigating. They had heard a similar issue with some other, I, none of this will apply to, to anyone, people when you, no. when you buy the game or when it comes to Game Pass. So I just wanted to explain like the very funny loophole I found, which is to redeem a code and then the also purchase the game <laughs> in order to play wow. it. I love a um, But it's, uh, it seems excellent. Like that's the bottom line. Liza P like seemed neat when uh, when uh, Connor and I watched yep. Ren play it. Uh, seemed to rise like far above uh, its like gimmicky premise, which is like, oh, it's a Souls game with Pinocchio. I, I like, say, yeah. is that oh, it's Pinocchio. <laughs> I've heard that. I, I I can't I I can't speak to this. I'm not far enough in the game, but like I've heard this story has straight up like an excellent nice story about like class. And labor yeah. and uprising yeah. and revolution. Hell yeah, bro. Um, Hell yes. Nice. I also saw I also saw um apparently one person noticed this and asked like the director or someone higher up on the creative team for Liza P. Um I'm gonna I'm gonna try and find this now. Are you talking about the, the APAB? Yes, APAB. All puppets are bastards. Um <laughs> this is from uh, this is from Oh my god, that's amazing. Uh, sports Sports Illustrated is like video game vertical. It's, it's sports Illustrated out here, wild. Okay. Um, um, uh, from a writer Georgina Young, uh, who had noticed in an early trailer that there was a screenshot for, yeah, APAB. All puppets are bastards, and uh, then asked, um, let's see, asked uh, Jiwon Choi, uh, who is the director of the game uh, uh, of Liza P, and. 
uh, uh, this was relayed in the to the local to the translator, and then uh, a choice uh, uh, said in response. Uh, that was one of the messages we were going to use in the game, but we ended up taking it out. We took it out eventually because we wanted everyone to enjoy the game exactly how we intended it to be enjoyed and not judged based on any trends. We really wanted the world that we designed to be interpreted by the players exactly how we aimed it to be. So we took out uh, factors that could be a little risky. Mm-hmm. We respect anyone who wants, who might want to play this game. and We wanted everyone to get the best experience out of it. But you did see it right. It was all puppets are bastards. It's easy to see why it was. Uh, oh, 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 I'm sorry. Then the writer's uh, putting it in there. Um, that's. <laughs> hey, Patrick. I mean, I feel like that reveals some radical politics of the of the director that eventually someone came in, put their hand on their shoulder and said. Hey, well, come on. hey Patrick, <laughs> a quick question. In the earlier yeah. parts of Lies of P, what are the majority uh-huh. of the puppets you fight? They are cops. <laughs> and the first major boss of the game is, is a cop. <laughs> Big a cop. cop yeah, puppet. and and uh boy, cops sure do have an interesting relationship to labor, is what I'll say. <laughs> yeah. And maybe you should think about I'm in a factory I'm in a puppet factory right maybe now. Maybe you should so think I feel like about I'm... the relationship that the police have to labor as you play the game Lies of P. <laughs> Um, I it's so, but it's just it's funny because I I think you're right. Like it sounds like it's really you know. Hopefully the game pays off. You know what some other critics have said, where that it has a really interesting and thoughtful. Through I can't tell how much of that is like. You know, I'll be curious to experience it myself. How much is that is in in relation to what you expected from a game that like on its loading screen instead of loading it says lying and then has a percentage. You know what I mean? Like like hey. My thought here, like, like, how don't I play that Ebenezer Scrooge video game? Which is like, what, yeah. what are, what are we doing here? Um, <laughs> are we so desperate to have IP to base a world on that we are doing Pinocchio? And it seems like this is a situation where, like, even if that is true, which is like, if we're gonna get some attention by, by making, making the main character Pinocchio. fucking Pinocchio, yeah. that they actually then use that to spin a tale that is that is interesting and thoughtful, and that. The all puppets are bastards isn't seemingly indicative of a guy who gets it um, and was just under maybe understandably oh. told we don't need the APAB hot he- headlines uh, for, for that game. We don't want to answer Cowards, those questions. Fools. And they decided to. Well, because you can tell a radical story over 40 hours yeah. that doesn't feel so radical. But when the moment you invoke that phrase, then. You know, it gets you know it can be a slightly different yeah, story. So I'm, funny. It, it, I am, I am excited to to play more of the game, to learn more about the storytelling, and and hopefully, Ren, uh, we will figure out what the hell's going on with your copy of the game so that you can you can join in. Um, let's do uh, some really quick uh, questions uh, before uh, we get out of here. You can write in to our mailbag questions at remapradio.com. Hi, Remappers. On Remap Radio 13, someone wrote in to ask how to bring hobbies uh, into your wedding. My wife and I had what I think was a very interesting way to do this, but it ends in a horror story. Each table was themed to a different game or film. Uh, For example, there was a Hyrule table, uh, a Tatooine table, etc. It was fun to assign people to tables we thought uh, we thought people would like, or or to put, say, an annoying aunt at the Westeros table. <laughs> Since my wife's parents are rather religious and dislike most media, wow, okay, there's a, a lot, there's a lot in that line. <laughs> we decided to put them at the Mushroom Kingdom table, thinking it was relatively innocuous. Uh-huh. 
We met with our DJ and planned a game where he would release each table to go get their food by playing the theme song for the respective property. He knew most of the songs off the top of his head, but when we got to the Mushroom Kingdom, he'd never heard of it. You know, like Mario, I asked. He shook his head. Never heard of the guy, but I'll find his song on YouTube. And we left it at that. (laughs) Cut to the wedding. The tables are dismissing. Most everyone recognizing their songs and is having fun playing the game. Then, a crunchy version of the Mario theme starts. (laughs) Immediately, a kid's voice begins rapping over the music, and the lyrics quickly devolve into, I gotta save the princess so he can get the pussy. (laughs) And just got filthier... From there, the blood drained from my now father-in-law's face as the profanity-related rap continued for at least another minute before we got it cut off. I've never seen him so horrified other than the time he saw me playing Mario with my young daughter and immediately pulled me aside to ask if the game was okay for kids. (laughs) Have you ever had an otherwise great plan totally demolished by someone else's incompetence? Vice collapse aside. Uh... Dave from Orlando. P.S. I found the rap on YouTube. Listen at your own peril. Oh no. Uh, Kato, if you would if you would like to listen to this for a brief moment and then uh oh well, you know what? We'll just hold on. Uh-huh. Ren is put Ren Ren is putting on her headphones again, Ren. Uh if you could click on this link. Oh, yeah, sure. I got you. Super Mario so Rap Princess is dirty. So don't play it <laughs> yet. The, the short version is dirty. the short version. Yeah, my Super Mario rap. <laughs> Parentheses, dirty, incredible. The short version is somebody had a wedding with theme tables, and you were dismissed to go get your food when you heard the music associated with that theme. Mm-hmm. So Game of Thrones, um, etc. And one of them was the Mushroom Kingdom. The DJ didn't know what Mario was and said, "Don't worry, I'll find the theme oh, song." Oh my god! And then, and then played <laughs> this song. So does everyone have it queued up? Yeah. All right. Wait. Uh, we'll, we'll, oh, three. Three, two, one, play. Okay. 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 Three, two, one. You borrow my car, and then you give it a test. What, the Mario test? Mario. Mario's a fucking psycho. (laughs) What? Give me a minute. No, it's not. It's 1986, I'm in the first grade. I'm working really hard to get Mario late. I gotta save the princess so he can Sorry, I'm not hearing, I'm not hearing any of this yet. That ass, so fuck Luigi. Mario really wants to get her in bed. So bad that he's busting up bricks with his head. He just wants sex. So forget the wedding bells. Jumping on little mushroom men and turtle cells. Dropping down green pipes and secret passageways. Making his move to the end where the final castle lays. Eat a magic mushroom, grow a little higher. Eat a white flower and spit balls of fire. All these creatures that attack won't cut Mario slack. Oh shit, hold on, oh I'll be God. right back. So, okay, so I think we can stop yeah, there. But yeah. inc- absolutely incredible. Uh, just what a work. Amazing. I, I'm. I wish I could have been there. Oh. Uh, uh, Kato, you have to layer yep, that song I'm gonna, over. Yep. Sorry for the people. Um, also, I gotta ask: the DJ didn't had never heard I'd never of Mario. Mario. Didn't know who Mario was. Never heard didn't know of who Mario. Mario, Mario from the hit video game series Super Mario Brothers. What about that's his brother, that's, Luigi Mario? And that motherfucker had <laughs> this, a movie. You could, if you went to a movie in theaters, you know who Mario is. What are you talking about? 
Uh, I yeah, and this this video seven subscribers hasn't posted since eight years ago. I need the Waypoint community to rally. <laughs> Comment on this I video. Know, that's a good idea. Can we draw this person out of the woodwork? Can we find out what's up with the Super Mario rap parentheses dirty? Years ago, uh, person. Thirteen years. Thirteen years ago. ago. The description. This title is Super Mario rap dirty, and then the description is just Super Mario. Super Mario. Zero comments. Zero comments. And their channel has a bunch of Skate Three videos, <laughs> and also them going uh, p- uh p- pike fishing. Hell yes. Great. Okay. Hell yes. I'm try- so the question at the end of the the question question uh, was uh, have you had any other otherwise great plans totally demolished by someone else's incompetence and they said we ha- we couldn't use Vice as an example which of course takes a big yeah that's so. a- I was trying to think it's a, a hard one that is a hard one because part of the thing Wait. is if I was in that situation I would have had like a specific I would have done the work of like getting the yeah. songs pulled up because like. It's yeah. nerd shit. I can't. But Mar- Mario's reason. Yeah. Mario's reasonable though, I right? Like of all of yeah. the things to. Like, it's like, but like, also, you search Mario they- theme and like, this. how bad could it get? One point five thousand views. How did how did they get to this? Right. I don't Why, know. This one. In, what was the search term that got you this? <laughs> right. Oh, that's like I almost feel like you'd have to search for Super Mario rap, right. but also remember. 13 years ago, 2010 is a fundamentally different YouTube. Right. This is true. Like, the algorithm is much different. Like, even just, I mean, like, the image that is here in the video is new Super Mario Brothers for the DS. So, just a different, a different era. And so, I think that's just one of those, he must have typed in Super Mario and just... I'm, I'm hoping he typed in Super Mario Rap. Yeah. I was like, I'm gonna put like, a sick Mario I'm Rap sure someone... on this on this wedding. <laughs> oh, oh my god! I'll, I'll think wild. I'll think on that one. I, I I'm not I'm not sure that I uh, a, a great a collapse uh, comes to mind, but I it's, I feel like that's the kind of question that maybe we'll have an answer to uh, next week if we give it a, a little more thought. Um, last but but not least, uh, from Lovick, uh, I just discovered they're making a Guilty Gear Strive board game. Yep. For some I reason, I have the demo box in front now of me. Now that. Nice. <laughs> okay. Now that you too are cursed with this knowledge, what game do you think would make an interesting board game? Could be something with interesting mechanics or something with good aesthetics. I see something in Steam World being a good setting. Um, Kata, why did you get the Guilty Gear Strive board game? Because there's nothing about Guilty Gear <laughs> that makes me. There's nothing. Is it a good developer? The board board good art. The board game. It's not a board game. It's a card game. That's why I got it. It is the exceed oh. fighting system that has existed for a while now and like got a big bump back in the fucking uh Street Fighter four, 5 days I think is when like the was the big one. But it's it's a fighting game based card card game where like mm. you play cards kind of simultaneously. It's a lot about like trying to suss out what your opponent is next move is, you know. It's a lot of mind games situation. It's a fun system. And I also play I play a fair amount of Guilty Gear. So when I saw that they would also they were giving these out for free, and it comes with the wow. All right, okay, you know what? We kind of, kind of you, you could have started with one of those answers, and then I think we could have worked yeah. backwards. Cards free. From there. It got these these cool little to- tokens came with it that say heaven or hell on one on one side, just like the game does. Oh, nice. Let's rock. 
Um, Let's rock. Uh, it's not. It's uh, not a board game though. Board games are very are okay. different. <laughs> it's a. It's that said, it's not unreasonable to yes. to assume yes. that it'd been turned into a board game because I feel like that is the play. That's why they is, called it the board game too, right? Like it gets more. Wait, of, what? It's so it's called a board game, but it's a card game because board games are popular right yeah. now. What the you, board game. Are, yeah. Okay, that says Guilty Gear Strive board game. Demo deck. And at the bottom says De- starter demo deck. deck yeah. De- well, yeah. Whatever. Demo deck. Yeah. Just because board games are really popular right yeah, now. Yeah, that's good. That, yeah. that people. It's SEO, SEO for, for tabletop? for Kickstarter. It's like a huge thing on Kickstarter for like up and coming board games to fund there first, basically. Like. Well, I know that, but you're, you're not a. It's, yeah. It doesn't, what, it doesn't matter. Also, wait, Pat, it truly, we cannot get into what is the difference between a board and card game because the distinction yeah, doesn't I mean, exist. It's, yeah, it's a tabletop mm, game. I understand what you're saying, but this really feels like it's like an SEO you, play really, in, yeah. in, the, in the tabletop universe. If you really want to, like, yeah, games like Arkham Horror exist, where it's a board game because there are cards that are locations that you can move pieces to Yeah, the board from, is central to... How it's you a play. card cards it's are a card. involved. You have like, a deck. All of your abilities are cards. Your ideas on a card. Like everything is cards. It's a board game made out of cards. It's just so. Wait. So there's no. Is there any board? Is does anything go on a table in Guilty Gear Strive? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, you got a little a little token. Other than your card, a little token of your guy because it is also positional. Like where you are on a two D uh-huh. plane, like in a like in a fighting game, matters, right? Spacing okay. matters, and so like, but everything mm-hmm. you do, every action that you do, aside from movement, has something to do with a card. Like you're playing a card game. Like it's it's a mix, right? It, it, that's it is a card. That's a card. It's game. still a card game, mm. though. It is the exceed card fighting system. And I'm deferring. I'm deferring to you. You yeah, you are like, our card game thing, correspondent. It only it only has a little figurine if you buy the full version. The like deluxe version of the game that comes with these little plastic standees. Otherwise, you just use a physical card on a table on like in like a specific row to mark where your position is. So like, yeah, you could just play with cards. Then it's a card game. It's a card game. Mm. That's really that's really really interesting. It's really Um, funny. (laughs) I'm trying to think a game that I've played recently um, that would be. I'm sorry, I had the state of play on in the background. And I just saw. Oh, did anything? I just saw cloud. Bloodborne? I just saw cloud, cloud strife, zooming on a Segway, and I had to get that image out of my brain and into the world. <laughs> Why? I don't know what's happening with Final Fantasy remake, but he's on a Segway. It's gone now. It, it already passed. Oh yeah, that's the yeah, place. I'm is seeing. I was is, trying to see if there was. I'm seeing comments anything. in a Discord server, Kato and I are in that just says Segway Cloud. Thank you, uh, <laughs> State of Play correspondent Natalie Watson. <laughs> Segway Cloud. Oh damn. The uh, Resident Evil Four Separate Ways, the uh, Ada Wong uh, DLC from that original Bennett game, Foddy game? Uh, comes out in a comes out in a week. Is that a release date? That game looks incredible. The the Baby Steps. Yeah. That ER Resident the- Evil Two. Benefati game. I I don't think it said a release date, but it looks very funny. I love Um, just quap, but you're a big, big, big child. Um. uh, Yeah, we're yeah. They're showing a lot of Final Fantasy VII too, obviously. Which Um, I'm, I'm, you know, sure that game is gonna be sick. I'm looking forward to that. I was already looking forward to that, and then I finished sixteen. (laughs) 
like, yep, yeah, that's fair. I haven't even like I haven't even talked about it on the podcast. Like I wrote it down in one of our pod like podcast tasks, like game I could talk about. And eventually, just delete. delete it. I don't need to. I said what I needed to say about that game, and oh. then Patrick just did what Patrick does, which is keep playing it <laughs> and. I that game uh, did not. Um, yeah, rebirth. That game February twenty ninth on two discs. Oh, I can. I, <laughs> I cannot discs. wait. That's that makes me so yes. excited. Oh. oh God, I miss. I miss That's that. So I miss beautiful. that. Um. So excuse us if we if we if anything happens at the last second in that state of play <laughs> that uh, we miss. I I doubt we're getting a. A one more thing Bloodborne or Remaster. something, yeah. Yeah, come on. Just give me... Just give to me. But, uh, yeah, that's going to do it. Uh, please write in if you have more questions to questions at remapradio.com. We have not had a chance to do a ton of questions, and so hopefully we'll, we'll, we'll have to do a question bucket-focused episode at some point uh, sometime soon so we can catch up on a bunch of those. But uh, that has been an episode of uh, Remap Radio. Uh, thanks to everyone for listening. Thanks to Too Mellow for the track Moments Pause. Uh, you can follow more of Too Mellow's work at twomellowmakes.bandcamp.com and you can support everything we do at Remap by heading to remapradio.com. Uh, the last two weeks have been a little bit sparser than usual because Rob has been at Disney. <laughs> um, and... Uh, next week, even with Rob coming back and maybe having some complications with uh, some potential jury duty, sports will be back. Like we're going to be on like HOA is coming back. Uh, we got some other cool stuff in the mix that we'll be able to talk about in the next couple of weeks. Um, so uh, things are happening. Things are, are spinning up after uh, a bit of a bit of a lull. So thank you for your patience. Uh, and we'll have a lot of uh, cool stuff and a lot of cool games coming out soon. We like we will we should stream Liza P next week, like Cyberpunk's like, Fan of Liberty update comes out soon. So the games don't stop. Uh, neither uh, do we. Uh, and then, you know, hopefully this is a place in a week that Ren can then plug I her Patreon. To God. So um, <laughs> if I just say it enough times, apply pressure publicly. Oh, that'll uh, help. Then, yeah, then. that'll be great. <laughs> that'll be great for my <laughs> brain and life. Um. <laughs> uh, but yeah, looking forward to that and much more. And again, you can support us uh, and all things we do over at remapradio.com. Fuck capitalism. Go home. It's not literally Patches, but there is a whingy little shit in Armored Core 6, and his name is Iguazu. That sounds cool. And that whingy little shit is, in fact, the big bad of the game. Yeah, that's so cool, Because you killed him. And he's so pissed off. You beat him early in the playthrough, and he's so pissed off that you beat him that he sends assassins after you the entire game. He is a dude with like I'm one just of kind the of biggest superiority. To just like one of the all-time whiny writers in like all of mech fiction. He's incredible and in how bad he sucks. Um, and at the end of the game, you show up and he's there and he looks at you and he's like, yeah, guess what? Wow. I made a deal with the devil. Like Sounds you are not me. the only person who makes deals with the devil in this world. I am doing it and they picked me. And so the final fight is just like this dude railing against you, just like trying to find some way in which he is better than you and he can't do it. Eventually he starts fighting with oh, an no. AI that he like shares his head with now because like 
Someone can't do something. I don't know what it is.